Mueller and Moats are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? 3 o'clock on a Friday. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next three hours here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler. It's our three hours called Steelers Blitz. Yins know the drill. Between the two of us, we've got a decade of experience in the National Football League and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest, but what you should know by now, knuckleheads, is that if you want to get involved anytime over the next 180 minutes, get at us on the dot com. I'm talking the Twitter.com, of course, at Wesley Euler at the body52. The body. What up, cousin? Come on, man. You know it's Friday, man. And you give me all this flip, flying flip. We know that everybody wants push-ups, but I'm not giving you the push-ups just yet, Wes. I'm not going to have you out here exposing your muscles just yet because we know we got Coach Tomlin coming Mm. up live in the next, Mm. you know, 15 or so minutes. So we don't want to do that because we're professionals here. This is what we are. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to let you get, you know, a good little 20 minutes to get mm. your, your, your pectoral my muscles cal- warmed up. I'm about to point. say, yeah. Get a nice lather doing <sighs> this little opening segment because I would hate for you to pull or tear anything <laughs> on our account. <laughs> Because the film will be rolling. And for every all, all the loyal listeners out there in the Power Grid, we, I just want to let y'all know this. I'm going to record him while he goes to work. And after that, I will be uploading this video so that way everybody gets a chance to see it. And it's going to be smooth, man. It's going to be good. And if you think he can do over 70 no. in uh, two you're, minutes. You're sadly mistaken. <laughs> Like I said, we said fifty. We said it at fifty, though. That's my, I. I want to get my my goal is to hit sixty. Yes. But I'll be. I mean, I'll be very embarrassed if I don't get at least fifty. Yes. He set the over under at fifty. All right. So anybody that wants to get in on the on the over under, <laughs> all right. If you if you can, we, we're gonna Arthur make a contest Sports right book. now. All right. <laughs> Earth most sports book. You know what I mean? If you got a gambling problem, don't worry about it. Don't call me. Just keep betting. All right. So look, when it comes to Wesley and him doing these fifty pushups in two minutes. If you can guess the exact number of push-ups that he can do, I'll send you a personalized autograph picture, man. That's what we're on today, all right? Oh. So if you can guess, if you can guess <laughs> how many push-ups Wesley Eula can do in two minutes. I like this. Then I got you, man. I got you. So we're gonna do this at the end of the first hour. Yes, the end of the first hour. So you got plenty of time. You so can have about 30, 40 minutes. 30, 40 minutes now. Absolutely to get your tweets in to let us know how many push-ups you think Wes can do in two minutes. I and I will like be it. personally sending you a Ooh. nice little gift, man. Yes, I will, baby. Yes, so if, I will. So if somebody gets it correct, absolutely. They get they get a, a John Hancock absolutely, in the mail from man. Arthur a, a, a nice little picture up, you know what I'm saying? Official state team team issued picture on top of that you know what i'm saying no 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 funny nonsense so, i got you you know what this means too you uh-huh. got to get your guesses in early yes because if i if get, you guess if after I the get, fact it if don't I matter get 57 mm-hmm. and there's two people that guess 57 whoever guessed correct. it first correct man they're the so, winner so just know all right just know it's an exciting time man i'm excited about it you know how we feel on friday also wesley ain't tell you it's summertime friday man so y'all know if y'all got any summertime songs Get your request in, baby. You know how we doing it today, baby. Mav's on the board with 71. Mav, that's whew. Oh, You're giving me a lot of credit there. I, I like appreciate it. it. I like I it, man. I appreciate it, Mav. I like it. But, man, so, team's back in the saddle today, right? Yeah. Had a day off yesterday. 
back in the grind today, and man. I forgot this is Mo Toast and Friday. You, you know how we do, man. I'll let you I do just, the intro. You know what I mean? I just jumped in and like just. Hey, hey, I mean, you know me. Sometimes I'm just so you know tunnel vision. This, this is my thing. I, I said I, I, I know Wes is so amped up about this push-up contest <laughs> that I said I, I feel like he had a little nervous energy. He had to get it out. So I was like, you know what? Go ahead and do your intro. I'm not even tripping, baby. Make it light on me. But we are here in this Friday, and you know what's Moats hosting Fridays, all right? That's right. So with that being said, man, like you said, yesterday the team had the day off, but today back in the saddle, man, mm-hmm. padded practice. We even saw a good friend of the show, Brian Backo, getting prepared to go down there, man. So just from your perspective, man, what you thinking about today, man? I'm thinking about this right tackle battle. Mm-hmm. Um, we've uh, heard earlier today from Sean Surrett and Matt Filer, so that kind of had me – uh, in a uh, in an offensive thinking mode, right? Which is perfect because we're talking offensive linemen today anyway. That's true. We are. Look at that. See, sometimes these things, it's almost like we planned them. We got um, the synergy. You know how this is. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that Sean Surrett said today is that they might not even decide who's going to start at right tackle until the week before the Giants game. game. Yeah. What I wanted to ask you, first thing I thought when I heard that was, oh, I got to remember to ask Motsi this, and I'm going to ask you now so that I don't forget mm-hmm. over the next three hours. At first, I was like, hmm, wow, really? Like, that seems like a long time to leave that hanging. But Mm -hmm. then I thought about it for a second. No preseason games. I Mm -hmm. mean, you just really started padded practices. Today was your third padded practice. Man, it's it's like three weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Should maybe maybe I've been expecting that? And is that not something that should, like, that's not out of the ordinary? No, um, that's not out of the ordinary at all. Honestly, the reason they can be more specific in terms of what date they would like to have that starting tackle sewn up in terms of him saying the week prior to that game is because you don't have the luxury of the preseason games. Typically in the preseason games, you can decide about that third game. You have If a guy goes out there and plays really well for two games and the other guy plays really bad for two games, well, it's pretty much decided going into that third game. <laughs> if you have it where it's kind of 50-50, well, in that third game, whoever plays the best, that's the rubber match, sure. they decided that way. That's traditionally how these type of position battles work. Sure. And, I mean, obviously I've been in them here in Pittsburgh, but even at other organizations, in particular in Buffalo, it was a very similar model of, okay, first game, you're going to – whoever you have slated as the guy, he'll get the first crack at it. Then after that, game two is when the second guy gets the crack at it to go out there first. And then when you go into that third game, you pretty much have an idea that whoever has the better game is coming out of this thing as the starter. But since we don't have preseason – you're essentially going to say, okay, for these next three and a half weeks or so, because they have the the Monday night opener, so you have a little bit more time from that standpoint, we're going to let these guys really battle it out in practice. And from my understanding, from the conversations we've had with some of the beat writers, they're literally having those guys alternate days. So on it could be, for example, today, which is Friday, right? This could be Chook's day to start at, uh, at right tackle. Right. And then tomorrow, Saturday, it could be Banner's turn to start at right tackle. They're alternating them day by day, which I think is good because – From my personal experience, when it comes to position battles, if you have a particular player that's getting all the reps with the ones, traditionally their film looks a lot better because the quality of players around them. that makes sense. It makes your life a lot easier when you're out there with Pouncey, DeCastro, Al, when you're out there with Big Ben as the signal caller, when you have all the the big-name guys. The savvy vets. Because the communication is crisp. So it becomes less mental and more of just the physical uh, the physical element of it. Whereas when you're out there with the twos, now a lot of times you're going to have to elevate your play and elevate your your 
your uh, communication element of it because a lot of the twos or threes that you could be mixed in there with, they're not going to be as vocal. They're not as confident with the calls. They're not as confident with the audibles. We talked about the difference between Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges versus Big Ben from a just pre-snap right. audible standpoint and stuff like that. So it's, it's the exact same thing when you're talking about position battles. So that's why it's important that they alternate these guys so I can see Chooks with the ones. If he looks great with the ones, he's supposed to. Now let sure. me see him with the twos. Does he still, does he does still, he still stand look out great like or that? does he yeah. take a drop back? Yeah. Those are some of the critical things that you have to do. And, and it's really significant in practice because, you, like I said, in the game, you can still – like the evaluation is a lot easier. But in a practice setting, you have to be really – particular about what you're looking for with these players because we hmm. talked about how you can be going with the twos but because you match up well with the the number two edge rusher you look a lot better <laughs> then you match up with tj Watt, and it's like oh this is a little different here yeah. so it's certain sure. things like that that you have to also be careful about and trust me with coach tomlin even with uh sean Surratt, aka sweet feet, sweet feet they are very meticulous in terms of the, the amount of snaps they're going to give these guys and also making sure that the script, we always say, you hear people talk about the script. The script is the, uh, it's a 12 play or 15 play clip per period, right? For your offense and defense. Now the coaches work together on the script because you got certain calls you want to see versus certain defenses sure. and vice versa. They're also going to make sure that, Hey, I want to make sure that I'm seeing chooks against bud. I want to make sure I see Chooks or I want to see Zach Banner versus TJ. I want to see this guy versus that guy. And they will make sure that it's an overlap for some of these periods based on the rotation. So it's it's a lot of detail that's going to go into that battle. So that way you can properly evaluate these guys because this isn't a normal set. And this isn't. No. And, and even with this, you still are, aren't going to get the full evaluation because the, the beauty is when you have the preseason games, you're playing against 3-4 and 4-3 teams. So I can see this guy against a 3-4 edge, edge rusher who's typically 6'4", 250, yes. 260. Yes. But then if it's a 4-3 team, I can see him versus 6-7, 280, 290 DN. A lot of times it's different in terms of how you block them. Some people can anchor well versus a smaller edge rusher, but when you get one of these 4-3 DNs, a Carlos Dunlap type, hmm. It changes everything. So those are some of the things that you're going to have to be real careful about with this evaluation. But like I said, man, knowing Coach Tomlin and seeing it firsthand, he's going to create situations and scenarios yeah. where these guys are going to get these matchups. And if he can't get it done in practice, well, I've seen post-practice as well where he'll call <laughs> three or four of these bigger body DNs, and the five technique DNs that we have in a 3-4 sure. scheme that traditionally wouldn't even see the tackle. And he'll have drills set up post-practice where these guys are going to have to go against these tackles. They tip, they do it a lot with tight ends as well because that's the matchup you're always looking for when you're playing a 4-3 team that just on personnel alone, the Steelers don't offer that right now. Whew. You know, it's a little bit of detail here on a Friday, Detailing man. You know how we doing, man. I tell you, you what. You know how we doing it. Uh, we're going to get to break here so that we can be ready for Mike Tomlin when he speaks in the next four or five minutes here. Real quickly, uh, so Mav was first on the board with 71 push-ups. There we go. Tweet us. If you miss at the start of the show, at the end of the hour, I'm going to do push-ups. How many can I do in two minutes? Uh, the over-under set at 50 right now, but if you guess the exact Ooh. number. If you can guess the exact number of push-ups that he can do in two minutes, Wesley Euler we're talking about, <laughs> I will personally send you an autographed picture. Team official. Team official, man. I got and, you. 
Again, it's important to get these in because we already have two people that have picked the same number now, yes. too. G-Rob uh, guessed 45 push-ups. Let's Ooh, go, Wes. Okay. Don Juan said 45 afterwards. So, Don Juan, get in a second guess because G-Rob yes. already claimed 45. Uh, Jamie also says, I'm going to go with 64 push-ups. You got this, Wes. JC needs that ink from 55. There so it is. <laughs> 71, 45, and 64 are off the board. Don Juan, if you're listening still, get us uh, another guess because 45 has been and claimed. And we did have a late tweet come in yesterday from the lit one Rebecca she was saying that she would like you to do it in your West Virginia hat so do you have a West Virginia (laughs) hat in the building it's what come on man it's college prior Fridays I I got my JMU stuff on you put me on to this but uh, you're right come on man (laughs) but I listen if we're gonna be taking video of me doing the push-ups I had to let the hair out oh very true I didn't want to disappoint the people because the people gonna want to see this this beautiful (laughs) mug that you got man with that wig on top it's, it's lovely all right, let's uh, let's pay some bills here before we get to Coach T. Absolutely, man. Got to pay the bills, man. So we'll be coming in the break. When we come back, man, we'll be getting ready to hear Coach Tomlin. So you know what it says, man. It's still is Blitz on SNR. All right, so we have Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin about to come in live right now. So stay tuned, baby. Good afternoon. Uh, first on the injury front, we had a couple of guys that, that missed today's work, uh, new guys with, with minor ailments that could be described as day-to-day. Uh, that's Deontay Johnson and, and T. Evans. Uh, hopefully those guys will get back to us really soon. Again, it could be described as day-to-day. On a positive note, uh, a couple of guys are continuing to work their way back to full participation. Chris Wormley uh, was very active today from a participation standpoint. Uh, as was James Washington. Good to have those guys back out there. Another good spirit today. I like the energy coming off an off day. It's one of the points that we made this morning. Um, they're going to be prescribed off days or rest days. We can't waste time uh, transitioning. we got to get back on the ride and continue to push forward. I thought they did that in spirit. Uh, we're still growing in terms of detail assignments and techniques, but you know where we are where we are in the process. I like the general trajectory of the group. On uh, the competitive spirit, we continue to put them in competitive situations. We did a variety of things today, uh, two-minute and some open grass backs on linebacker tackling. Uh, was kind of a featured competition drill of the day, just really uh, working on good fundamental things, battles that need to be fought and won on both sides, and the best way to do it is to practice Steelers versus Steelers in that way. Questions? All right, just a reminder, uh, on the uh, Zoom call, raise your hand if you would like to potentially ask a question. First one goes to Brian Batko. Brian, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Uh, A couple guys that we haven't asked you about yet, Um, veterans that you signed right at the start of camp, Wendell Smallwood and and Curtis Riley. What made you guys want to bring in players with a significant amount of experience at those spots, and and what have you seen from those two so far as they get acclimated? We, we More than anything, we were interested in increasing the level of competition in this environment. And, and the way that you do that is you, you bring as many capable men in as you can. Both of the guys that you men, mentioned have credible NFL resumes, uh, and they've proven that thus far. Uh, they got a veteran-like look to them, and both are being positive contributors to the, to the days that we're having. So we look forward to continuing to get to know them and and looking at ways that they could maybe carve out a niche for themselves within 
within what we're doing here. Next one, Dale Wally. Dale, go ahead. Hey, Mike. Uh, the uh, competition committee uh, put forth a, a presentation that perhaps the uh, league will do the playoffs in a bubble uh, this year. Uh, just wanted to get your feelings about that, and do you think that that will be something that, that uh, the league seriously considers? I'm definitely not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to anything that's going to – going to aid us through this process. It's just we got so many battles to fight between now and then. I think it's kind of fruitless to, 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 to engage in that type of discussion from an opinion standpoint. Uh, we got more pressing challenges that lie ahead, like traveling in week one, um, that probably need our attention. Next one, Chris Adamski from the Trib. Chris, go ahead. Mike, two things real quick. You come on. Uh, first off, your new receiver, Ray Ray, what did you see in him to bring him in? And secondly, your shirts has cleaning ambassador. Is there anything to that or is that just a that's a shirt? Uh, first things first regarding Ray, like we mentioned about the other two guys, Ray Ray is a guy with credible NFL playing experience. And our desire is to have the most competitive environment that we can have here. And so infusing a guy like that with a legitimate resume into the mix, I think aids us in that. We'll get to know him and see what he brings to the table in terms of his skills relative to his position. Um, in regards to the, to the shirt, you know, we just have some really quality service people around here that are working their tails off to keep us safe. And I just wanted to show uh, my appreciation for the work that they do uh, by, by wearing their uniform and encouraging guys to pause and to be thankful for the services provided and hopefully brighten their day if given an opportunity. So, um, you know, we just, we just need to be conscious of the contributions of everyone. Uh, it takes everyone within our organization to put together a successful day and, and thus a successful season. And, and so we just wanted that on the front of our consciousness today and wearing the shirt as a means of, of doing that. Next up, Mike Pursuta from WDBE. Mike, go ahead. Mike, you mentioned the open grass period is you had, Connor going against Bush a couple times. Is there something you can do practice etiquette wise to minimize the risk or is some of that just going to be the cost of doing business? You know, there's, there's risk in playing tackle football and, 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 and we play tackle football. So you have to practice like you play to a degree. Now we're thoughtful about the amount of it. We're thoughtful about how we construct the scenarios, but the bottom line is we will tackle in some form or fashion every day that we have, full equipment on, and we will not apologize for that. Uh, that is the nature of our game. Will Graves, Associated Press. Will, go ahead. Mike, you talk a lot about guys making the jump between year one and year two. We had Devin on earlier today. He talked about how the game has slowed down for him. Do you see that manifesting itself in the early portions, early days of practice? Do you, does he appear in some ways to have taken that step forward that you guys look for? You know, I'm looking for that step to be revealed in, in the quality and the amount of his communication. And he still has room for improvement in that regard. He's better than he was. Uh, but as a, as a defensive quarterback, if you will, I'm really looking for significant maturation in that area. He's checking all the other boxes. You know, he came in great shape, shape that it indicates he has an understanding of the challenges that lies ahead. Uh, the experience that he gained last year is going to be an asset to him moving forward. But I'm particularly looking for dramatic improvements from a communication standpoint because it comes with the nature of his position. Chris Adamski with the follow-up. Chris, go ahead. Mike Tom, um, 
Surratt said that it, the competition for right tackle got all the way down to week one in that practice if it comes down to it. Considering there's no preseason games, is that more likely now? Or how do you evaluate, are you evaluating the East Day's tape and practice? How do you kind of evaluate guys when there's no games to go off of? You know, we'll, we'll go until we get definitive clarity. And uh, we got two really good, capable men there, guys that are not new to us and, and new to the challenge. Um, so we're excited about watching those guys sort themselves out and, we're looking for as many ways as we can to create an atmosphere where they can definitively separate themselves. And we'll get, when we get to that spot, we'll know it. Uh, but until then, we'll continue to work to create opportunities for themselves, for them to distinguish themselves. All right. Thanks, coach. All right, now with Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin. And just a reminder, man, all the Steelers training camp media availability is presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And something that Coach Tomlin talked about right there, too, man, was uh, when he talked about bringing in guys like Wendell Smallwood, Mm -hmm. Ray Ray McLeod. um, The thing that he said was he was looking to bring in legit NFL talent because it's going to help with the competition. I mean, you need competition, right? Especially... Now, especially when you're not going to get those opportunities to evaluate these players in stadium. So I guess, uh, what what was your thoughts on that, man? I love the logic behind that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Of we've got no preseason games. Uh, We haven't had OTAs. We haven't had mini camp. We haven't had rookie mini camp. Maybe you, and this is going to sound funny, but like maybe (laughs) you almost need to create even more of a sense of urgency than normal. And uh, I mean, you and I have discussed this. Definitely. You, uh, competition is a good thing. You want depth. You want guys vying for playing time. That's part of the reason why, Moats, and I know you know this, I mean, from as long as I've been born, uh, particularly right like throughout the Dick LeBeau era, it, the Steelers never had to rebuild on defense. Mm-hmm. They always just reloaded. Yes. Because they would have the the, the Brett Kiesels who had to earn their playing time, right, mm-hmm. and, and finally break through to become the full-time starter. They had the Ike Taylors that had to earn their playing time to finally break through to get the full. They always had the next guys who were pushing the current veteran. And I know it's it's funny. It's kind of cliched, but we hear Tunch and Wolf talk about this all the time, right? I mean, that's that whole it's that iron sharpens iron thing. And I think particularly when you're not going to have preseason games, I like that. It'll make things it'll I, I it'll ramp up the competition level at practice, more intensity, more of a sense of urgency to go out there and prove that you belong. I I, I am I'm picking up what Coach T is putting down on that logic. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you hit on it in terms of reloading, not rebuilding. Um, I think of just here my uh, my first year here in 2014, the year when they drafted uh, Ryan Shazier, and being able He's to just see, good example. seeing in practice, okay, Vince Williams, Sean Spence, Terrence Garvin, Ryan Shazier, all competing, pushing each other for that spot opposite of Lawrence Timmons, and then once Lawrence, I mean, once uh, Shazier has solidified himself as the uh, as the alpha in that inside linebacker room. And they remember when Timmons left, seeing the open competition again for the spot opposite of Shazier. Mm-hmm. Is le- things like that that really benefit your team? Is things like that that really make you grow and have to push yourself? And when 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 you're talking about comp- like NFL caliber competition, there is a difference. I know some people will say, well, anybody on the NFL roster right now is NFL caliber. In theory. They're not just because of when you talk about NFL caliber, you want guys with in game experience, yes. not preseason, regular season game experience, because it's night and day the quality and the caliber of players. You talk about this roster right now having 80 guys, it's different when you got 80 guys on your roster versus when you have 53 of the best of the best from your team. 
that's what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. That's what you're trying to get. Yes. And even more so if you're talking about the 45 game day players as well because that's a whole nother level of, of, of skill, a whole nother level of trust that goes in with that. So a lot of times, man, you can fill your roster with different, you know, undrafted guy here, XFL guy, or in the past AAF and things like that, but you ultimately want to have more NFL experience, 100%. more NFL experience on your roster because that's what's going to pay the most dividends because they're going to be the most ready and prepared for those type of game situations. So like you said, man, creating that competition right now is going to be pivotal. And like you called it, man, no preseason. I you have to find important. ways. Yeah, I mean – I'm thinking about this kind of whole, like, right, like the whole passing of the torch thing. I mean, like Woodley and Timmons, those they had to sit and wait their time. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like Clark Absolutely. Hagens was still here, uh, obviously Debo, you know, but like, it, like Hagens was still here whenever Woodley was brought in, you know, like, like Larry Foot and Ferrier mm-hmm. were still here whenever Lawrence Timmons well, well, was brought well, in. Well, people forget Timmons had to come in and play outside linebacker right. initially because right. he wasn't going to get any opportunities at inside, and then it was, oh, you got to play inside because you're not getting no opportunities at outside. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is, and, and trust me, for the elite teams. When you when we go down the list of the teams that we say year in and year out are contenders, year in and year out are in the conversation for Super Bowl championships, this is how their rosters look from an offensive and defensive standpoint. Correct. They are deep, usually two to three deep at each position. We we would always talk about how, hey, we got guys here that can go start somewhere else. But because they're in the contract here, it's only going to make us that much better. It's mm-hmm. only going to make our special teams that much better because now you got starter caliber players on these teams because they can't see the field on offense or defense right now. But that's the beauty of the scouting department. Obviously, uh, Kevin Colbert has done a great job in acquiring this type of talent as well to make sure that, hey, each year they never have to deal with a mass overhaul or a mass rebuild like we've seen with numerous organizations. So right. this is this is critical right now, man. Sure is. I like it, Motsi. Uh, I uh-huh. really do. Some other uh, interesting. Anything else there? I don't know that Mike Tomlin said that you that you wanted to discuss. I know he gave some injury updates. Uh, warmly back. That's good to see today. Yes, um, it looked like some offensive linemen. Let's see here. Uh, Deontay Johnson, Terrell Edmonds, still day to day with minor injuries, according to Mike Tomlin. Uh, James Washington and Warmly back at practice today. Yeah, I think James Washington coming back is huge, man, because when you're talking about, uh, I mean, essentially it's open competition at wide receiver right now, right? We were on paper, Juju's the number one receiver. But we know that that could potentially change depending on how Deontay looks as training camp progresses and things of that nature. So I think James Washington getting back in the fold, he is another guy. And we talked about the top four receivers on this team. He is in there. He's not a guy that's a bubble roster guy. He is a guy that, hey, you're going to have a very defined role, a very detailed role. What can you do with it? How big you make that role is going to be totally up to James Washington. So I think, man, him finally being back out there is going to be a huge benefit for him, along with pushing the other receivers. 100%. The same competition conversation that we just had. Because the thing is this, man, when you're out there and you're in a – as my colleague just broke his mic stand. Don't you love it? <laughs> That's the first. I tell you, man, he's amped up in here. Right, he's ready for back. these push-ups, man. He is super amped up. He broke the mic stand. He's just ready to go. Where's my protein, Moats? Did you move the protein? <laughs> he is fired up, and I love it. But <laughs> but going back to, uh, to, to James Washington and ultimately these receivers, when you talk about a quarter, when you talk about a competition at any position, when everybody is healthy in there, you got the full gamut, you feel that pressure every day. When you're in the meeting rooms, you feel that pressure because you know, hey, 
these guys are putting out tape as well. These guys are going to get reps in practice as well. It's different when you're competing with a guy who's been injured 85% of training camp. That pressure is totally different. I've experienced both where, hey, you got a guy who's been hurt the whole time, and you're just like, man, I'm putting out hot tape. He's over here sitting on a reputation. This is going to switch, and it does a lot of the times. But then you see it where, oh, he's healthy the whole time. I'm healthy the whole time. We're going neck and neck at this thing. It really makes you have to stay on your A game a lot more. It makes you have to stay on your A game just for for a, a, a more elongated time because you can't take a day off because you know that guy's competing, and he's bringing his A game as well. But ultimately, the beauty is it only makes your team that much better. Last thing there, Motsi, that I – Mr. Big Chest. Are you Mr. Big Chest 2.0? Ooh, well, I don't, I, know about I don't that. think I've ever seen somebody just yank no. the microphone stand. Like you just that oh. was pretty crazy, wasn't it? It's like the Incredible I mean, I Hulk, just, man. I, I was, what's, the, what's the the sword of uh like and it's, yeah, not, yeah, is the, it the sword uh, of Excalibur? Excalibur or whatever? You, yeah. I just yanked that thing right out of the rock, dude. That was beautiful. Uh, we're good. I'm, I'm, never, I, I'm, I'm I proud my, of you. I think my microphone's still working. Hopefully, it's not like you know. Hopefully, I don't sound like an alien or like right. I'm speaking through a tunnel on the. Oh, we've had that before, right? Um, see, I thought Mr. Big Chest like was the the push up thing there, but you know, I I don't want to be Mr. Big Chest because that means I would have to have a an ugly divorce with Pittsburgh at some point. I don't want to have no, an ugly no, divorce no, with no, Pittsburgh what, at some point. You're Big Chest 2.0. You're like okay. the new improved version of it, the updated the, uh, model. The, we got the virus free version. Yes, right? yes, like, absolutely. Yeah, we, we worked out the kinks. Yes, you're good to go, man. <laughs> We're good to yeah. go. Uh, last thing that we had we had jotted down there uh, when Coach Tomlin was speaking to discuss. Uh, he said he's not opposed to playing the playoffs in a bubble, but said obviously that he's got a lot more important things to worry about before they get to that point. I mean, that comes from your boy, man. Your boy Sean Payton came up with the uh, the proposal. Was he the one? He was. Oh, he well, was. Well, then you know I don't like it then. <laughs> Terrible idea. Obviously, yeah, he was the one who came with the idea of uh, playing the playoffs in a bubble. And the NFL, which has been contrary, well, the NFL has been very anti-bubble anti-hub city this whole process but when Sean Payton had brought up the idea of a bubble for the playoffs the NFL said they're willing to explore those opportunities and they're very interested in that model so I was a little surprised by that because when we talked about the bubble model that we've seen with the NBA and the WNBA or even the hub city model with the NHL and how mm -hmm. successful that yeah. has been compared to the MLB who was doing it in a way that the the NFL was, was planning to do it it just was crazy that the NFL never even opened their idea to, or opened their minds to that. They were very adamant that they did not want to do that. Whereas now hearing for the playoffs that they are willing to try something like that, I think that gives me a lot more confidence that at least the playoffs will go yes. on smooth without hiccup because that's the worst thing, man. You get a team you know, that's in the playoffs, they're hot, and they have an outbreak. Yeah, and now you're you're trying to figure. Okay, do they play the game? Do they forfeit the game? It, I mean, we've seen with the MLB right now. This is the third team that uh, was it. I want to say it was the Mets. It might be the Mets today. Oh man, I'm drawing up. I'm, I'm gonna find it out yeah, when we uh, come out of the break. Wait, yes, I I saw this too. I think yes, it is, it, I think it's the it, Mets. I think it's the Mets. Yeah, they end up having to postpone their game. They had an individual test positive. Yep. So yeah, so that's the that makes the third team between the Marlins and the uh, the Cardinals. Cardinals as well, man. So when you're thinking about stuff hmm. like that, at least with MLB. They've been able to postpone some of these games because they're still quote unquote regular season games. But when you're talking about playoffs, and you know how it is in the playoffs, everything yeah. is on a very, very tight schedule week to week and things along that nature. How do you adapt to a, a situation or a scenario like that while still keeping the integrity of the playoffs intact? That's going to be very difficult to do. So I do like this whole bubble mentality or bubble concept that your boy Sean Payton threw out, man. I. 
I think for because obviously you and I have discussed this. I mean, it was a few weeks ago, but we discussed just uh, it would be really hard to have the NFL season in a bubble this year because mm-hmm. right, like the NBA and the NHL, like. They're just finishing their season. Yes. They're not playing the entire season. Correct. And remember, they had a condensed amount of teams that were down there. Correct. Not all, not all 32. NBA, right, all the NBA teams did not report down there. No different with the right. hub cities. And every not couple of weeks, you got teams, teams are getting eliminated yes, and they're, they're going, going home. home. That yeah. wouldn't be happening during an NFL regular season Correct. bubble because everyone would be there for the 17 weeks. Imagine a scenario where... I mean, it would be absolutely devastating if the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl again in four days before the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes tests positive for coronavirus. Or not even Mahomes, or, or say somebody on the defense, uh, Chris Jones or Tyron Matthew. Yeah, I mean, or, I'm going most position. extreme. Yeah. I mean, imagine the Steelers are in the playoffs and they're about to play the Ravens mm-hmm. in Baltimore yeah. in the divisional round. And, and four players test positive. Four people on the starting and defense t- and, and starting and offense. And TJ Watt and Lamar Jackson test positive. Yeah. And they, and they have to miss a Steelers-Ravens divisional round playoff game. Like, that yes. would be... Man, that would be devastating, and you would start then too, and you know I never, like, it's the one thing that I hate about these bubbles and hubs, right, that everybody always wants to have the, oh, well, how legitimate is this, right? Mm-hmm. You get into that, well, how, you know, does this have an, does, should this have an asterisk next to it? And I just, I would not want that. That would not be fun conversation to have. Yeah, you're right, but I will say this, man, as long as it's their players and not ours, and we're going to hit them with the man, next man up, y'all better put somebody in there, right. RG3, well, better you know, get it done. You know, what the, you know what the rule is, right? I mean... <laughs> If the Steelers were to win the Super Bowl, it's obviously 100% it's valid. Yes. If anybody else wins the Super Bowl, it's asterisk. an asterisk. Yeah. Period. And that's why whoever wins the Stanley Cup or the World Series, it's asterisk. asterisk. And if LeBron doesn't win it for the Lakers, then it's an asterisk. That's how I feel about it, man. I'm keeping that same energy. But look, man, we got to pay the bills. You know this. I know this. So, Power Grid. We'll be right back in a second, man. You already know. It's you will most. Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers training camp report. Man, oh man, so we just had some Coach Tama <laughs> audio. We gave our reactions to that. It was pretty awesome to hear him speaking in the flesh live and in charge because that's what he does, that's right. We course. got first dibs on that audio, baby. Yes, indeed. Anytime y'all want that still as content, that audio, this is the place to be. We already know this. But something we talked about earlier. Mm. It's the anticipation is building here. I'm looking at my We're time. Like at I'm looking at my countdown here. It's 3:45. We're almost at the end of the Ooh, hour. Give me a little stretch. I, I'm excited that. about this thing, man. You, like I said, you're you're extra jacked up. I know. Even when I came into the building, you pushed the elevator button extra aggressive. I'm surprised you didn't wear a cutoff shirt today to show the guns, you know, man. They're, they're doing all that um, renovating down yeah. the parking lot. I was out there swinging sledgehammers earlier. Was. I was like, I got this for you guys. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I was jackhammering. I got this for you guys. But I say, man, you look great, man. Super fired up. I'm, I'm, high, I'm, I'm excited to see what you do, because we got a ton of uh, of bids coming in right now. I've already told people also. So just a, a little clarification on how we're gonna do this. Full transparency. In case that anybody missed yes. it in the start of the show. What we got going on right now, my man Wes. We had this conversation yesterday about how many push-ups he could do in twenty minutes. I mean, uh, in two minutes, and he said that he could do over fifty. He said he's flirting with seventy. <laughs> And I said, okay, if you're going to do that, whoever can guess exact the exact number, the exact number that my man Wesley Eula is going to be able to accomplish in these two minutes. Yes, sir. I'm going to make sure that I send him a nice 
autographed picture. That's you know what I mean? mighty generous. Because that's what we do around here, man, because we're all a big family here, and the Power Grid has definitely showed up, man. They got their bets in, and we also said that, man, if there are double bets, whoever put their number in Correct. first, that's the one to roll with. And so we did you, have that happen. Yes. Yeah, so but if you, Don Juan got in with a second So he guess, was good. He so was good. good. So I'm excited about that, man. And like I said, going just sticking with the full transparency, I'm going to make sure that I record it on my phone. Yep. Then once we go to break, we'll make sure we upload it and stuff like that so everyone can see it right on the, on the Twitter.com. You know me, at yep. the body 52 the body. There we go. And at Wesley Euler. <laughs> yeah. Um, so last chance to get those guesses in. I mean, we got literally like three, four minutes here. Absolutely, man. Uh, G-Rob has 45. Mm-hmm. Mav has 71. Jamie, 64. Don Juan, 50. Reese, 59. Mozi is on the board with 55. Who would have thought that number, huh? So if he's right, if I get 55, I guess I have to sign something and send it to Mozi in, in the mail. Mark <laughs> has 63. And Brandon with the high mark of 77. You gotta love it, man. You got to love it. Love it. Now, before we get the contest started and, and my man Wes goes out here and rips off his shirt and shows off the guns, ah. we did have some other head coaching news. We heard Coach Tom, but we also heard some other uh, coaching news from the Washington football team. Ron Rivera, um, he actually just revealed to his team, I believe this would have been yesterday, that he does have a form of skin cancer. I believe it's called squamous cell cancer. So You, you pronounce that really well, by the way. Hey, man, I was trying my Prop, best, man. Props to you listen, on that Listen, listen, my mom and dad would be very proud of me for that <laughs> one, okay? <laughs> But um, but in all seriousness, man, uh, apparently he said that he's still going to uh, coach through this. He felt that the uh, the doctors have caught it early enough, so that way they'll be able to treat it and things like that. But, you know, it's definitely something that you want to just keep in mind and stay aware of as well, man. And if it wasn't for him getting checked a little bit uh, ahead of time, man, this could have been something that could have been a lot more tragic than what it currently is right now. So definitely want to keep him on our thoughts and prayers. Yeah. It's been a rough, rough uh couple yeah. months for Ron Rivera. It has, man. I mean, think about it. He 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 comes to a franchise and think of all that's been kind of dumped in his lap over the last few months. Well, I mean, I think we're doing a disservice to just start him at Washington. <laughs> think about how everything transpired for him in Carolina sure. leading up to this. I mean, in terms of having Cam Newton early on, losing Cam Newton, going with Cal Allen, getting hot with Cal Allen, and then things kind of fizzle out and they fire him what two three games before the season ends? Yeah. I mean, the ultimate disrespect yeah. for a guy that's led that team to a Super Bowl, uh, a Super Bowl appearance, mm-hmm. a guy who's le- uh, who's coached the MVP there as well, and won the division title fifty percent of his years. Absolutely, there. man. So I mean, when you you have to start there, I think when you're talking about the transgressions that Ron Rivera has had to overcome throughout this process, yeah, and gets to Washington right and has to go through be asked about it nauseum the name change mm-hmm. thing. Uh, like he's, you know, like he has a real big say right. in that decision. He has the whole the reports that came out of About some the, of the, the toxic culture, the, some of the things. toxic culture. That's a good way to put it. Because yeah, I don't, I don't like to get in detail about yes. everything they transferred. Because yes. it's more, it's not as simple as oh, it was just this or it Correct. was just that. It was numerous things. So yeah, we just the toxic culture that was taking place out there, man. He's got it. He's got all. I mean, when you're the head coach, right? Uh, even though he just got there, he has to a- stand up in front of the media and answer all that stuff. Even though it didn't happen under his tenure, um, it, it, it's not been an easy sledding for him. Now this. Now the good news is, right, is that he reported. The reports are is that they caught this early. Yes. His doctors are very confident that it's treatable, curable, and he'll be able to continue about his business. That's the good news. But yes, I don't care how mild it is, how curable it oh, is. Oh, it's all when serious, you hear man. when you hear yes. that word cancer. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, that's 
everybody has has either personally someone mm-hmm. in their family someone that they're friends with close with i mean everybody has been affected by cancer in this country and so yeah i mean all the best to him to his family and and the whole washington football team family yes. as well and he is 58 years old and the team did say that they, they do have a plan b in place so if he were to need to take time away from coaching, uh, Jack Del Rio, who's currently defensive coordinator, he will assume head coaching duties, and he was the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars for I think it was twelve years. We yeah. had a record; he was uh, right around five hundred. I want to say had a couple of playoff appearances as well down there. So yeah, definitely want to keep him in our thoughts and prayers. But now <laughs> it is time. Do we have any <laughs> last <laughs> bets? Speak bam, now bam, or forever. Bam. Hold your peace. Bam, bam. Dude, dude, just give we me do. one. We got two more bets in. All right, all right, all right. Give, give me the read off from the top again, man. Let me know everybody who has their bets. Okay, G Rob forty five, mm-hmm. Mav seventy one, Jamie sixty four, Don Juan fifty, Reese fifty nine, Arthur Motes fifty five, Mark sixty three, Brandon seventy seven, and then the last two just rolling in here. Russell sixty three. And Michael says, 58, Lambert time. Oh, I like it. So, ladies and gentlemen, I got my camera. It is ready to go. Like I said, I'm going to record it first. Then after that, we'll post it once we come out of this break and things along that nature. So, and, and guess what? I'm not even cutting to commercial right now since since, oh, since, no. since it's Moats Friday. Last drink of water I'm, in, I'm in the captain's chair. Usually we'll go to break. I'm not going to break. I want y'all to hear my live commentary of your boy, my boy, the legend, the great-haired man himself, the pond hockey legend, Wesley Euler, going to work with his push-ups. All right, now, he's going to have two minutes, all right, 120 seconds, not a second longer, not a second less. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right, now, are you all good with this, like the counting? Hey, 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 listen, man. Listen, I got this, baby. Look, man, it's been times where you over here multitasking, so now I'm over here multitasking. So, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. He's about to get ready to go. Do you want me to start, or are you going to tell me when? I got you. I'm going to give you a three, two, one. I'm going to get you right. All right, right, ladies and gentlemen. Starting in three, two, one, go. All right. Three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I should ask if he's counting this. <laughs> 17, 18, 19, 20, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. You're at 50 seconds, baby. You're still good. All right. Yeah. All right. Coming up on a minute we're now. Take a little rest. Yeah. We're going to take a little rest. You already got your 40-piece knocked out like it was nothing. Let's go. Right, we're a minute now? Right now you're at a minute. Okay. Oh, yeah. Look. look. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, man, this is live in the flesh. He's got a little Rocky action going on, working on his boxing. Sitting at 40. Is at 112 right now. All right. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. All right, so so you got thirty seconds right now. That was fourteen plus your forty, so you're at fifty-four total. Fifty-four total. You got thirty-five. Oh, we're at we're about to be at forty seconds, so you're gonna have twenty seconds less. You're sitting at. We said, I think we just said fifty-five. Yeah, six, seven, eight. Come on. Nine, come on. Ten, there we go. Uh huh. Eleven, you got three seconds. 
All right. No, it would have been 62. You had 62. Yes, indeed. 62, man. You are good to go. You got to love it. Ladies and gentlemen, Wesley Euler, my great hair colleague, with a fresh 62 push-ups in two minutes. I am jello right now. I'm not gonna, I'm very impressed by your efforts today, man. I got over 60. You did. You did. Did anyone guess 62? Do we have a 62 in here? We got a 63, but oh, a 64. Oh, man. No 62s. Oh, man. I'm sorry. And you know what? To Michael with the Lambert at 58. Yeah. I kind of thought about just hanging him up there. <laughs> and you know what? I'll be a little honest, Moti, because I've told you this before. <laughs> I'm nothing if not honest. My last five were a little janky. I'm not going to lie. But you I, gave them to me. I didn't think when we first talked about this push-up contest, I thought you were going to just stay up the whole time. I didn't realize you were going to take a knee, take the, take the rest off the arms. I'm like, yeah, you got time. Strategy, It worked out. I like that, man. That was clean. Oh. That was real clean right there, man. I'm proud of you, man. You look oh. good. You look real good. Ooh. You got the video, right? I do. <laughs> My man is in here breathing so hard right now, if y'all cannot tell. Now, the bad part about this <laughs> is I got a playoff hockey game tonight at 10.30. Motes, I'm going to go to a, make a breakout pass in like the second period. Oh, my arms man. are just going to turn into jello. Straight noodle with it, man. You got to love it, though. Whew. Morgan asked me this morning, why aren't you working out? My uh, wife, Morgan. I said, babe. I said, I got to. I got big time business save it all. Now, see, Hannah came in here saying 20. Pete came in here saying 39. Uh, you're lowballing me. Wow, the I mean, disrespect. You're just, just lowballing me. And also, I mean, my wife was disrespecting too. She liked that tweet from Adam Crowley <laughs> <laughs> talking about how it doesn't matter. Moats could do more. I mean, I'm who's proud side, of you, man. Look, I mean, look, who's look. side are you on here? Hey, look, man, y'all trying to break up a happy radio <laughs> home right here, all right? We don't compete against each other. We we, we always on the same team. I, I treat, treat him just like my fan. We teammates, all right? Teammates. <laughs> The answer was 64. How many push-ups could Wesley Euler do oh, man. in two minutes? Video coming soon on Twitter. Yes, indeed. At Wesley Euler at the body at 52. At the body, the body. Oh, can you pay some bills here <laughs> so I can catch my breath? Absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, man, we'll be going to break right here. This is Steeler Bliss on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Feeling buff. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Still catching my breath. And that's good. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here. Hour number two, Steelers Blitz. Motes, we got some haters on the Twitter.com. I, I, I think I've heard. I mean, Joey here saying, I don't believe this for a second that I did 64. <laughs> All right, the video's up. It looks like it's like 90% uploaded yeah, now. It, it's on, almost on uploaded, here. man. Yeah, it's like a two-minute video, so it's yeah. taking a second to upload here. And you know what, Motesy? This is some people, you know, you could tell me. All right, yeah. we, we talked about this during break. I didn't do the like the military style, Correct. where you, where you got to stay in time. the upright position. Yeah. It was just how many push-ups can I do at yeah. most in two minutes? Well, and I also say this, man. If y'all want, which I'm sure our power grid will do, the video is there, so you can it's count. Now. You can count the reps yourself. Because hey, I could have been off. I, I was multitasking <laughs> over here. I had the microphone in one hand, the camera in another hand. I was counting over here, and I was hyping them up at the same time. So. You can count it yourself, man. I might be off one or two. And like yep. I said, I mean, the last, uh, you know, the last five or so, maybe six or seven, were a little yeah. janky, but Moats gave them to me. Absolutely. But I clearly, I mean, I clearly got over 50. Clearly got over yeah, 55 yeah, yeah. cleanly. Yeah, easily. I like it. 
Yeah, so like I said, man. Woo. Power Sorry, Grid, do what y'all do. There. The video was up, man. Check it out. You already know how we are doing it today. And yeah, man, like I said, recount it because if somebody, if the count, if I was off, you might have been off. It's all good. And if one of the counts are right and that's the guess that we have, you know, the autograph is on the way, baby. Uh, Trenton on Twitter just sent us the most adorable picture. Him and his little daughter doing push-ups. Oh, we I like that. <laughs> While I we were doing like it, that's it. what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. With the, wait, sorry. I think this is his son. I, son or daughter? I can't tell. I'm not good at this. I never had kids before. <laughs> That's a great. Excuse. I've never had kids before. I can't tell. I think it's the the diapers pink. If it's pink, then it's got to be a girl, right? I mean, hey, it's, 20, it's 2020. You never know. But that's why I said girl at first. Why you just because I saw with, the pink with, diaper. With this child. You should just say I should have just said child. Yeah, You're keep, right. Keep it simple. But Trenton, that is one of my favorite tweets we've ever gotten yeah. throughout the show history. That is absolutely adorable. Again, the video's out there. All right. Uh, <laughs> at Wesley Euler. At the body 52. The body. Uh, Steelers Nation Radio. All right. We're out there. 64. Let me know if, uh, you know. I, and I like, how, not. I like how you put an asterisk next to your 64. Well, hey, you know, like I said, I'm nothing if not honest. Hold on, what do you call it? It's a win-aided 64. <laughs> hey, <laughs> what's my, like, my original Eulerism? You know? Hey, don't ask how. You're, you're absolutely right. Hey, but you know what? This is more similar to how they do at the Combine anyways, right? When we're watching the Combine and we see a guy run a 40. First, they show the mm. unofficial time and they say 4-5. And you're like, yo, he was a blazer. Then the official time come out. It's like, oh, four, six, seven. All right, so we're waiting on the official recount, and then after that, we'll be good to go, man. <laughs> Joey Bag of Donuts says this must be CGI. <laughs> My man was getting it in. I, that's And that was the whole reason why we wanted video proof. So y'all couldn't say we were fabricating the numbers. He didn't do them all. Nah, he, 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 put, he put the work in. Big time respect. Ooh. I don't, I don't envy how your chest and arm feel right now, bro. I, oh man, I'm I'm still I still got a nice little bead going on over here. Hey, it was real. I'm proud of you though, Mozi. We got plenty to get into here. Oh, absolutely. We Where do, do you want to go? We got a lot of carryover from yesterday. We do, man. But you know what? I feel like because we've heard Sean, uh, well, Sean Surrett did speak. We haven't heard him just yet, but he did speak uh -huh. to the media today. We were talking a little bit about the offensive line competition. Um, Matt Filer, I don't, I don't, he did not speak today, right? No, Matt Filer did speak today. So, oh, so he spoke as well. So Filer, I, uh, Sean Surratt, and Devin Bush spoke yeah. today. And then obviously we heard from Mike Tomlin's post-practice event. So I think it's only right that, man, we, we talk about our interior offensive linemen, man, our top 10, because we talked about our top tackles and how that was difficult. But I think now, man, only if you're right, man, because I know you're you, you super buff right now. I'm, uh, if you need some time, I can give you some time. I'm ready to go. You sure? I'm ready to go, baby. Okay, all right. Well, I like it then, man. See, that's the sign of a true champion right yeah. there, man. He doesn't need any extra plays off. He just ran back an interception for a touchdown. He's back in the next it's series. It's like, um, I forget which one. I, I think it's the second It's the second Mighty Ducks movie. Yes. You've seen the Mighty Ducks yes. movies? Cool. Come on, man, you cake eater. When they, <laughs> perfect, perfect transition, right? Because remember when they uh, when they go to play street hockey? Uh-huh. And he goes, you sit down on the bench, you grab a sip of water, and you get back out there and you do it again. Is that simple, That's man. what I'm ready to do. We had Is our commercial break. I grabbed a sip of water, and I'm back out there, and I'm ready to do it again. Uh, you want me to run through Mr. Jeremy Fowler's list here no, first? No, we learned we our lesson yesterday, okay. man. I like yeah. it. I like it when we give our, our pure, just non-compromised, non-biased list first. I like and it. And then after that, we can... You know, uh, I guess compare and contrast our list to Jeremy Files' list that he's acquired through the executives and coaches and things on that nature. So I dig it. 
since I am in the chair, I'm in the con, as as my as my boss people like to say. The, you know what they call in the business? They, they call it in the business. They call it the power chair in the Ooh, business. Oh man, I'm in the power chair. Okay, well it's only right that I'm in the power chair and I'm gonna talk to the power grid first. Then mm. so, <sighs> coming in at number ten on my interior offensive line, and when we talk about interior offensive line, I'm just letting you know we're talking guards and centers yes. on this list. No tackles. Yes, because we clarified that yesterday, and I know people are going to say, well, man, that's kind of cheating. The guards and the centers, hey, man, it is what it is, all right? <laughs> it is what it is. A lot of shows don't even talk offensive line, so y'all better put some respect on what mm. we do around here. Hmm? But coming in at number 10 on my— Just real quick, but this is second straight day of offensive line talk. You're absolutely right, because we really care about them. And we, we talked special teams yesterday, honestly, too. Honestly, listen, I mean, you know— I was listening to Tunch and Wolf today. They were talking a lot about Devin Bush. So, uh, you know, Steelers Blitz here, Motsi. We might be the foremost offensive line talk show in all of Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm just saying we might have mm-hmm. taken that crown from Tunch and Wolf. It just feels right, man. <laughs> Who just you got? It feels right. All right, man. So the way we're going to do this is I'm going to give you my three. Mm-hmm. All right. Then from there we'll go back and forth. And, and what I want to do too today is when I read off my three, I'm just going to read the names first. You read your names and then we kind of compare okay. and contract like that it. way. Because otherwise we run into the issue of we talk about one, of one us talks name about, forever yeah. before we even get to anything else. So for me, coming in at 10, I got Joe Thune, man, with the Patriots, man, the guard. Actually, just had a franchise tag placed on him. I think it was a year ago. At number nine, I got Ryan Kelly from the Colts. He's the center down there. And then uh, with uh, number eight, I got Joel Batino. Bettin- uh, I think that's how I say that, right? Batonio. Uh, Batonio. Yeah, Batonio. Yeah, the guard from the uh, Cleveland Rams. So those are my 10, 9, 8. Let me hear your 10, 9, 8. And then we get a little reaction real quick. Uh, real quick. Uh-oh. I messed up. Uh-oh. We did have a 64. We did? Jamie. 64. Look at the top. Sweet. Look at the top of the list. Sixty-four. Now, now, did, next break, I'm gonna make sure I go back and count the sixty-four. Make sure we're completely <laughs> accurate before we start awarding who won and all that other stuff. And then we got to do the. All right, man. We'll get your information on the line. <laughs> uh, I think Jamie got it. JC got it. Okay. Uh, sorry. Real quick. Give me your three again. Yeah. So my three again. Coming at number ten, I got Joe Thune with the Patriots, mm-hmm. the guard down there. Uh, Ryan Kelly with mm-hmm. the Indianapolis Colts, plays center, and then we got Joel Batista. Uh, Betonio. 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 Guard with the Cleveland Browns coming at number eight for me. I like it. Number 10, Ryan Kelly. Mm-hmm. Indianapolis Colts. Young guy, Motes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'll be higher on this list in the mm-hmm. next coming years. Number nine, I got Jason Kelsey mm-hmm. of the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. And number eight, I've got the best center in the state of Pennsylvania, mm. Marquise Pouncey. Ooh, okay, okay. I can dig that. So I guess for me, man, the reason why I have uh, Joe Thune obviously at 10, uh, some people have him a lot higher. For me, I like a little bit of the flashiness. I like some of the physicality, the nastiness that my interior guards have, and he really doesn't play with that. I agree. I don't know if it's a Patriots thing, but he doesn't have that element to his game. And I also think that, and this is how I feel about a lot of the Patriots offensive linemen, they benefit largely from the style of play of Tom Brady. With Brady getting it Get out, the ball out super quick. quick. So yep. even though you're not necessarily the best pass rush, I mean the best pass blocker and things on that nature, because you're only having to protect for two seconds, three at most, you look a lot better. And we've seen how some of the guys that leave that offensive line and go elsewhere, they struggle. So I want to see how he looks this year with a guy like Cam Newton, who is the opposite. Cam is holding that ball a lot longer. Now, granted, he can make guys miss. But it's not going to be the quick two to three seconds of protection, and then I'm good. He's going to really have to show that he's on that caliber, he's on that level. But out of respect, I have him at the top ten, so I have him at ten. With Ryan Kelly, I mean, we talked about Ryan, man. He he he's a part of that offensive line with the Colts, man. When him and Quentin Nelson came in, 
it just reshaped that whole Colts offensive lineman in a major way. Major, major way. So can't go wrong with him at all, man. And then yeah. with Joe, I mean, his track record speaking for itself right now. He's young, up and coming, man. He's going to continue to do what he does, man. Sitting at, I think, 28, 20, yeah, 28 years old, man. So still very much in his prime. <sighs> and they actually got him some help. So that's going to that's gonna make his life a lot easier. They did. They did. Yeah, I, I like Ryan Kelly. Uh, you got him at 9, I got him at 10, so we're only one spot off mm-hmm. there. I think you kind of touched on it. He, That entire Colts offensive line, I mean, Man, like, they're all, good. like, in their mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they're going to be very good. I think that, you know, we talked a little bit about Phillip Rivers over the summer. I think that offensive line really helps his chances to have a bounce-back season this year, staying upright, playing in the Dome in, in good weather. Not that he was playing in a bad weather area in California before, but playing in the Dome in the climate control with that offensive line in front of him with the uh, kind of the scheme-friendly nature yes. of Frank Reich. I, I think the Colts could surprise people on offense. You know, I think we could be looking back at the end of the year and they end up being one of the best, you know, seven or so offenses in the NFL. Absolutely. And we're all like, oh, wow, you know, like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, Ryan Kelly, 10, yeah. Jason Kelsey and Marquise Pouncey, nine and eight. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you feel about that? I was going to say, why, why did it, you have them so low? If I would have done this list a year ago, they would have been a little bit higher. If I would have okay. done this list two years ago, they would have both been top five, okay. top six, I think. I just And maybe it's just some of they played at such an incredible all-pro level for so long, and now mm-hmm. they're starting to get you know a little more seasoned. They've all been in the league for double-digit years. Correct. Um, I... I don't know. May, again, maybe if I'm if I'm being honest, right? Like if I'm self-evaluating, maybe it's just because they've lost a quarter of a step, mm-hmm. and I just you know I'm I'm comparing them to to two years ago more so than I am right now in the moment. I just the two guys that I have in front of them, I think are are maybe not even necessarily a little bit better right now, I like but how just you said the better two guys. Well, <laughs> say, wait because <laughs> nine, uh, six, seven, eight, nine for me, these four, I uh, could have really kind of interchanged. Gotcha. And, like okay. I didn't feel really strongly or against yeah. them in, in any order. Um, I think the other two maybe are just still maybe or just maybe simply just played a little bit better last year. No, no, no. This one, this is what you're throwing me off on. We said we, we've only listed up to eight. You said there's only two ahead of them. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah that's why I'm like, hold like on, the, man. You, it's a I just, long I meant, like, yeah, I meant in the two, yeah, the two, the two I have at six and seven. Yeah, gotcha. is what okay. I mean. By that's that. why I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, by I that? know. Sorry, that was confusing yeah. on my part. My <laughs> well, head's still spinning from all those push-ups. Well, because my question is this, right? We talk about Pouncey, and some of the things you brought up is they might have took a small step back, right? We don't say that when we talk about some of the the tackles that we talked about yesterday, right? With uh, Tyron Smith or even a guy like Trent Williams who's coming off of injuries and things along that nature. We still felt that their play is still upper echelon, still top two at their position, top two or three. Pouncey, I mean, it, I'm trying to think, was it a year ago? Not yet, because last year was uh, – hold on, let me pull it up. Because I want to say he was all pro would have been a year ago or two years ago, so it's not like he's so far removed from that. That's my only thing. I feel like a lot of times with Pouncey, because he's done it for so long – we've almost become to take it for granted. It's just like, oh, well, if it wasn't just crazy elite elite, then, oh, man, he's falling off a cliff. He's not that guy anymore. Where it's like, no, man, this dude was still one of the the, the most stable producers out of all the offensive line last year. And for the past couple of years, I know he's missed time because of injuries and things like that, but when he is healthy and when he's been out there, he's been the best offensive lineman on the Steelers, man. And people would debate him into Castro. It's a reason why Pouncey, though, 
has the 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 accolades and everything that goes along with that yeah. because he's been doing it for so long and because of how successful he's been. I'm make sure I pull this up. I want to make sure I get this right on his all pros. I don't want to disrespect that man like that. Yeah, we, we, right, we detail our work. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Eight Time Pro Bowl, the two time All Pro. Let me we go right to the All Pro selections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Don't you just love when you're trying to look for something mm-hmm. and, oh, it's, you, and it's your computer com- takes a little bit of time? It's compelling radio, baby. Let like, me like, tell like, you. Well, out of all computers, now in the day you want to do this? <laughs> yeah, so just, uh, yeah, just in 2018, he was a uh, first-team All-Pro. Yep, and then, let's see, 2019, I don't think it was. Yeah, he was not an All-Pro in 2019. So he's a year he's a year removed away from being a top two, top three center at his position league-wide. So that's the only reason why I don't necessarily hold that against him yeah. in terms of him. Uh, in terms of last year, him having a quote-unquote down season where he still was a Pro Bowl and things like that. And I know with Pro Bowl, we talk about how you 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 carry that with a grain of salt. Sure. But he still got it's in still, there. Yeah, it still is what it is. And yeah. he wasn't an alternate either. He was the, the initial pick exactly, for that spot. Which so. is, I think, you know, more holds more water. Yes, indeed. So just a quick recap, man. I had Joe Thune at 10 from the uh, New England Patriots. At number 9, I had Ryan Kelly with the Colts. And then at number 8, I had Joe Batonio, the guard from the uh, Cleveland Browns. And you had? So I had number 10, Ryan Kelly. I had number 9, Jason Kelsey. And I had number 8, Marquise Pounce. All right. And if we are good on time, which we are not, that means we're going to go to break. (laughs) So once we come out of this break, man, we'll come back and get the rest of this list going. So you already know who it is, man. It's Euler and Most, SNR, Still is Blitz. Peace. Party people! This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Check it, check it, let's begin. Party on, party people, let me hear some noise. DC's in the house, jump, jump, rejoice. There's a party over here, a party over there. Wave your hands in the air, shake the dairy, yeah. These three words, but you're getting busy. Whoop, there it is. Hey, man. Whoop, there it is. We are back, man. SNR, Steeler Blitz. Man, Don Juan with the song. I must say, yeah, gotta give Don Juan the big time shout out, man. That was an awesome, awesome selection. It's only fitting because we are amped up in here right now. (laughs) And he said we are the tag team. Hey, you you're right. You're absolutely right about that, man. I like and, it, and, and, and I, I will say this: I love how everybody is vying on Twitter. So, man, I cannot wait till we get to the to, to the portion of the show where we read off these tweets because, boy, <laughs> man, why, I don't understand why people want to come at your your, your push up game, man. We got video you know footage. What? I, I feel like most people are, you know, I think some people are saying that we are a few off. Like Mark's saying, he counted sixty one, not sixty four. But you know what? I'll still take that. That's a that's over yeah, sixty. Absolutely, man. I'll take it. I think the biggest thing that, that from the count standpoint, we want to make sure that we got somebody. That had that right guess in there. That's the only thing. We, we, I guess we should really sit down and count right. it over. I'm not about to do that right now. I'm just. Well, no, Mark was our there. neutral party. He said 61, and he said Andy was born in 61. So you're right. That's uh, that's all I need to know. But we didn't have anyone to guess 61. That's true. So we'd have to either round up or round down. I think we go with the original number of 64 because Jamie hit 64. I think that's the way to do it. That's the only one that's close. I think that's the way to do it because to be fair. We didn't say Price is Right rules. You said if you Ooh, guess correctly, right? Okay. Like this wasn't mo- and and hey, it's your show today, so you can tell me if I'm wrong. You're absolutely right. Um, this wasn't like the county fair. Like, how, guess how many beans are in this jar? Yes. And whoever's closest wins a prize. Correct. It was if you guess how many push-ups Wesley Euler right. does, 
I'll send you something in the mail. You're right. You said 64. Jamie hit 64. I think it's as cut and dry well, as that. And I love Nintendo 64. Shout Boom. out to GoldenEye. So there Boom. you have it. All right. So shout out to Jamie. Also, real quick uh, transparency note here. Yeah, I told you about Hannah who guessed 20 and Pete who guessed 39. The, the disrespect. Uh, they're both my relatives. Oh, I mean, so it's personal. My two low marks coming in from my cousin personal. and my uncle. Wow. I mean. Wow. You Hell think you, you know a guy. You think you, you think you know your family. You think your family's got your back. And then Adam Crowley chiming in on the video. The crowd, He said man. the back nine there was very Baker Mayfield. Oh. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? Hey, crowd, man, if you're listening right now, why don't you come down here Uh-oh. to the third floor? All right, well, well, Mr. Fancy fourth floor. Well, and why don't I was you say, come down here to the third floor and see how many push-ups you could do and in Crow 120 always seconds. has a video tease. He, oh, that's his thing. You know, you know who we at, crowd. If you if you tired of your producer dancing in the back of your videos, come on down to the SNR studio, baby. Third floor. You know where we at. <laughs> but sticking to the theme, man, what we got going on right now, we're talking about our interior offense alignment, man. Yes, we are. We don't want to give them any disservices here, so we're going to keep that energy right, right where it needs to be. So mm-hmm. we're coming in at number seven on the list. And just a quick recap while I'm going down because we're coming out of break, obviously. At 10, I had Joe Thune from the New England Patriots. At number 9, Ryan Kelly plays center for the Colts. And then at number 8, Joe Batonio, the guard from the Cleveland Browns. Coming at number seven on my list, though, I got your boy, Jason Kelsey. Yes, indeed, man. Had to go across the Keystone State. You know how it is, baby. It's an expensive turnpike ride, unfortunately. Actually, it very is. It's like 40-some bucks each way now. It's ridiculous. It's not cool at all, man. Not cool at all. But I have Jason Kelsey at seven. I went with Rodney Hudson at six. Okay. Excuse me, the guard for uh, the Oakland yeah. Raiders. And whoa, then, I mean, whoa, no, 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 no. I'm tripping, I'm tripping, 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 tripping. First off, first off, I mixed up both things, all right? First off, <laughs> this is the L.A. <laughs> I mean, the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, all right? Jeez. The Raiders. You know the Raiders. And then on top of that, he's not even a guard. He's a center. Let me clear. And, and Roddy's my guy. I don't even want to disrespect Roddy like that. Let's Super cool that. Catch. All right, so coming in at number six on my list, I have Rodney Hudson, the center for the Las Vegas. And then at number five, my teammate, part of the awesome draft class of 2010, Mr. Marquise Pouncey. Hey, hey. I like it. I like it. Uh, So So what say you, my colleague? Number seven for me, I went with Joe Thune. (laughs) <laughs> there as well. I'm with you. I, he's got the talent to be top five. Mm-hmm. I just need a little, you know, I need a little more sandpaper. Yeah. You know? So he, you, you can't be a nice offensive lineman. You can't be a, a finesse. You know my, I need a little, treat it like beef jerky. You know, you my know? my tight ends coach, Motsi, mm-hmm. at Mars, his name was Matt Sunday. Okay. And that, that was something he would say to us. He'd say, mm. you know, sometimes when we were in the middle of, you know, those dogfight type oh, games, yeah. he'd be oh, like, yeah. boys, boys, I need some sandpaper right now, mm. all right? I need some sandpaper. I need a rough and tough, baby. That's the only way to be, especially if you're offensive lineman. Oh, I need you nasty. Yeah. I need to have some Broken of that. Broken nose, mangled right. fingers. I, 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 if you're not borderline getting a 15-yarder every game, I don't know if I really want you on my team. <laughs> I'm still, How many times, and, and we can attest this, how many times have we seen Marquise Pouncey <laughs> in a game either be about to fight somebody or actually fight somebody. Mm-hmm. We see it a lot. At least once a year. That's that's the mark of a dope offensive lineman. I'm with you. I need even DeCastro. We've seen it. And DeCastro's a great guy. He went to Stanford. He's a nice. He can watch my kids. I trust him. But I know he's going he's gonna to punch you in the mouth if you try him. Or if you try his quarterback. I like that with my offensive lineman. <laughs> he could. 
can watch my shit. <laughs> Just throwing it out there, man. It's a good call. It's a good call. Yeah, yeah so for me, man, I, I was going to say the reason... Oh, no, because you were talking about Joe Thune, yeah, right? Go yeah, back. Just, Go, yeah, so you're, I mean, you're with me on that page. And that's why he checks in at seven, could be a little bit higher. And maybe, hey, he just turned 27. He's still got some years to go. Maybe that'll change a little bit. But he checks in at number seven for me. Number six is, you know I like this name, Arthur Motes. It's a good broadcaster name. Uh-oh, here we go. Joel Bettonio. 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 Makes me want pasta. Um, Motsi, he's been the Browns' best offensive lineman by a long shot. Yeah. And... He's t- like I said, he was one of these four, right? From the from starting with Kelsey and Pouncey and 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 Thune and Batonio. That I mean, I could really, you know, I could do like the guess the guess the where the the rock is, you know, where you put mm-hmm. a rock under a cup and you move all the cups around. Like I could do that with these guys, and, and I would be good. The reason that I put Batonio first is because of this. I think for the rest of these guys, they've been in good situations. Yes, he's been in bad situations. Oh, without a doubt, man. From from the coaching and schematic standpoint, and to just he's expected to be the guy on that offensive line and has had no help. They sign Conklin. They go and use their first round draft pick on a tackle as well too. He finally shouldn't have to. I mean, you know, his back's probably hurting after every game from just carrying that entire <laughs> offensive line. Ain't that the line. truth, man? <laughs> I think he'll have some help now, Mozi. And so for that, I put him at six. That was kind of the splitting hair difference for me. Okay. And then Rodney Hudson, number five, from the Las Vegas Viva. Yes, yes. <laughs> now for me, man, the reason why I went with uh, obviously you know with Jason Kelsey. Extremely productive player. We know this. I mean, yeah. that's that's your guy. You rave about him uh, all the time, I mean, he's, man. he's very good. He's yes. very good football and, player. And I like the fact that he's been doing it for a while. I understand he's 32, and some people, that'll make them shy away from him because, I mean, I feel like right now he's at that stage where every offseason is, uh, is he retiring? Is he going to keep mm-hmm. playing? Which one is it type thing? But regardless of that element of it, when he's out there, when he's ready to go, I mean, he, he he's still a beast. He's still very dominant, man. He's been one of the the staples of that Eagles offensive line, dating back to when, when they, when obviously with your boy Lane Johnson and um, I'm, I'm for John Blanco and uh, uh, Brooks. No, 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 the one they just moved the guard right now. Uh, Kel- uh, uh, no, Peters. uh Peters, Jason yeah. Peters. Yeah. So yeah, even with all those guys, man, Kelsey was always the stable yes. force through yes. it all, man. So that's why I have him at seven, man. Very respectable. At six, man, Rodney Hudson. I mean, you talk about durability. You talk about athletic ability nastiness he checks the box I love his game it's a reason why you look at his last two contracts I think he's close to 70 million just in those two deals alone because of how productive he's been because of his versatility he's very similar to Pouncey in terms of athletic ability and that's huge especially at the center position man when you talk about guys being able to pull the quickness that he plays with and stuff like that the only reason why I have him at six is because with Pouncey Pouncey is the better version of that Hmm. And that's why I had to have Pouncey at higher uh, higher than him. And like I said, even though Pouncey took a step back last year, we talked about the Steelers' offensive line in general. It was yeah. a down year, but it was a lot of variables, a lot of factors. Sure. For Pouncey, this was a very similar situation to what Joel Batonio has been dealing with over in Cleveland in terms of when you're dealing with different quarterbacks, different depths, some guy hold the ball longer than others and all those other things, it can, can be very off. difficult, yeah. very challenging. Guy doesn't roll. He's supposed to roll left. He rolls right and rolls right into a sack. Mm-hmm. We it, saw that happen to the Steelers once yeah, or twice n- at the end of last times. season. Yeah. Now the the only reason, like I said, Pouncey is at five, and I didn't have him at a better ranking is because we did see not only did he take a step back a little bit, not 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 large, just a little bit in terms of some of his protection, the snaps. Hmm. Remember last year he had a couple of bad snaps. Man, they were either rolling on the ground or over his head. I mean, actually ended up costing a costing points versus the Rams game and things like that. So. 
those were the things that that made me hesitant to put Pouncey any higher than the top five. Mm. But honestly, man, when he's healthy, yeah, it, it, it's a reason why since he came in the league, man, he's been a perennial Pro Bowler. He's been an All Pro multiple times. His game speaks for itself. He yeah. has the nastiness. He has the athletic ability. And a lot of times with the injuries that he's acquired, it's because he's so athletic. He's 10, 15 yards downfield trying to block for somebody, and somebody ends up getting rolled up on him. That's the situation with him, man. But he's always been the leader of that offensive line, man. He does all the communication. He sets the tone for that O-line. And you can trust and believe, man, you're going to see a, a far better penalty this year now that Big Ben is back. I agree with that 100%. I mean, you and I, we – you know, over the summer when we were doing shows, uh, we had like an offensive lineman week or a couple days or something like that. We talked about Pouncey, and the thing that I said that's been most impressive about him, and it still continues now, from the moment he took his first snap in the National Football League as a rookie, people were talking about him as the best center in the National Football League. And what now? Nine, ten years later, 11 years later, whatever it is, uh, the people are still talking about him being the best center in the National Football League. That does not happen very often that a guy has a run that good, arguably, if not definitely the best at his position. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, without a doubt, man. So just another quick recap, man. Uh, at 10, I had Joe Thune, guard, uh, guard from the New England Patriots. At number nine, Ryan Kelly, center for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. At number eight, Joe Betonio. Betonio. Who wants some pasta today? Hey, mamma mia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pizzeria, all that good stuff. Guard for the Cleveland Browns. Then at seven, I had Jason Kelsey, your boy. From the Philadelphia Eagles. Then at number six, Rodney Hudson from the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders, yeah, the Raiders. And then at number five, Marquise Pouncey. Man, you already know what it is when it comes to him. That's my guy. And where's your quick recap real quick? Number 10, Ryan Kelly. Number nine, Jason Kelsey. Number eight, Marquise Pouncey. The centers, Pennsylvania, back-to-back. Joe Thune, number seven, Joe Betonio. Betonio. With a side of marinara. Number six. And Rodney Hudson. (laughs) Number five. Arthur Motes. Let's pay some bills and then we'll get back to it. I like it, man. It sounds good. So, man, when we come out of the break, man, we'll give you the top four interior offensive linemen in the NFL going into this 2020 season. So, once again, man, it's Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, Steelers Nation Radio, Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers training camp report. And it is Eula and Motes. We are back. Still is Blitz. <sighs> Keeping the, the theme going, man. We're talking about our interior offensive oh, yeah. line, man. Giving them the love they deserve. We're doing this in honor of Tunch and Wolf. because, right. and, and more so Wolf than Tunch. Because those <laughs> those tackles, they get attention. They get love. They get praise because they pluck the blind shot and mm. all of that nonsense. But the interior offensive line, man, a lot of times they get overlooked. So we wanted to make sure that we're doing our due Yes, we're giving them sir. their due diligence, man, and we're making sure we're we, keeping their names out we're there. We're Pittsburgh's foremost offensive line evaluators. I mean, what can I say? That's what we do, man. So, just a quick little recap, man. At number 10, I had Joe Thune, New England Patriots guard. At number 9, Ryan Kelly with the Colts. At number 8, Joe Betonio, Betonio. with the Browns. You know, the ah, mamma mia, mozzarella. 
At number seven, I got Jason Kelsey with the Eagles. Number six, Rodney Hudson with the Las Vegas. And then at number five, I have Marquise Pouncey. You know yours truly. <sighs> number 10, I got Ryan Kelly. Number nine, Jason Kelsey. Number eight, Marquise Pouncey, the brothers Pennsylvania. Number mm-hmm. seven, Joe Thune. Number six, Mr. Betonio. Betonio. Five-star chef in the off-season guard for the Cleveland Browns during the season. Number five, <laughs> Rodney Hudson. Viva the Raiders. Arthur Motes, that brings us to number four. And it is time that we talk about the Washington football team right here, man, because they happen to have a guard who, I mean, when healthy, can flat-out ball. Goes by the name of Brandon Scherf. You know, kind of like you, you, sheriff. Talk, you know, sheriff. Not not the sheriff. Right. The sheriff. It's like kind of like uh, you know, I feel like if we went down to like Louisiana or Georgia or Mississippi mm-hmm. and you know said, ah, who's that police officer standing on the corner? They'd be like, that's the that's the sheriff. That, that the sheriff right there. That's the sheriff. <laughs> not the sheriff. No. The sheriff. The sheriff. So I have Brandon Sheriff at number four. At number three, Double D. You know who he is, <laughs> man, <laughs> Mister <laughs> David hey. DeCastro. Can never go wrong with Double D, man. That's my dog. And then at number two, I got Zach Martin, Dallas Cowboys. And, of course, I give you number one after my main man, Wes, drops his 4-3-2. I, uh, I think you're looking at my list again here, partner. Oh, see, that's why I went first today. So now you got to <laughs> see you're looking at my list. That's, yeah. why, you know, that's why you wake up in such a good mood on Fridays. Absolutely, man. Shoot or shoot. I shoot first. <laughs> I got the same exact list that you just laid out there, and I'm pretty sure we got Are the you same. Serious? No- yep, I'm pretty sure we got the same number one. Number four, Brandon Sheriff. 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 Oh, man, this is crazy. Sheriff. Number three, David DeCastro. Mm-hmm. He's wicked smart. Yeah. I mean, Stanford. although, you know what, though? I feel like that's a Harvard thing. So sorry. He's he's West Coast smart. All right. Ooh, so you that know? means he's a lot chiller. He's cool. He's a lot chiller. You Shout know, out to he, the Bay. He doesn't sound as wicked pissa whenever he talks, you know? <laughs> the Castro number three, number two. Zach Martin. Hmm. Arthur Motes. All right. Let's talk about these three first before we get to the number one guy. Yeah. I was going to say for me, man, the biggest reason why I got Brandon Scherf at four and not higher, I mean, he's just missed a ton of time. Yes. The injuries have really derailed him a little bit in terms of his top-tier standing. Otherwise, you can make a case for this guy at two. Some people even make a case for him at one. But mm-hmm. the biggest thing is when you talk, I think in the past a year or two, he's missed up to 15-plus games, man. That's just a lot of time missed. And you just can't have that. When we're talking about the, the elite of the elite, the best of the best, availability is key. So that's the only reason why I have him at four. With DeCastro, it's been the opposite of that, man. DeCastro has been – one of the, the the most healthy guys, I mean, constantly out there. Now, the thing with the catcher that I always enjoy is we talk about that nastiness. He is extremely nasty on the field, but at the same time, he's very athletic. A lot of people just assume when with these offensive yeah, linemen that they're right. big and unathletic. I'm like, no. They got the some and too. Pouncey, man, they can dance with the best of them. They can move. They can pull. They have all that. And obviously his accolades in terms of the Castros, it speaks for itself in I mean, it's been times where I've debated the Castro over Zach Martin because I felt that Zach Martin kind of got a lot of hype and praise because he played in Dallas. Hmm. And we talked about how since 14, the Steelers, it took them a year or two from the 14 mark on to really be viewed as a top-tier offensive line, whereas the Cowboys, they were viewed for, as a top offensive line. For the past decade. Decade, right? So I thought that, I mean, for me personally, just felt that 
with Zach Martin, even though I thought DeCash was the better player, Zach received more of the praise and the accolades because of that. But it's hard to it's hard to knock Zach Martin. I mean, if, if right. we're gonna say that, right. but with Zach, I mean, he's still dominant in his own right. It was just at the time. I mean, they had man, they had five offensive linemen in the Pro Bowl. Three of them were first team All Pros. It's kind of like, come it's on crazy. now, baby. Yeah. Like this this is out of control here, man. <laughs> it is. I mean, we talk about our killer bees when it was Big Ben, A. B. and L. Bell, right? That's kind of what they had from an offensive line standpoint. And, yeah, it, it was just out of control. It was out of control. Uh, yeah, I mean, it really, you're, you're right. I mean, they go, you got Tyron Smith, you've got Zach Martin, you got, well. Uh, no, Travis Frederick. Travis Frederick. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and you've got Lyle Collins. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys, like you said, there's a lot of Pro Bowls in there. There's a lot of All Pros in there. But I do think, oh, man, it's tough to say. Is, is Martin more important than Smith on that offensive line? I I don't know, and their their ah, roles are their roles tough. are very different yeah. too. I was gonna say I feel like anytime you're talking about equal importance, I think this is the exact situation. Yeah, because what Zach Martin means to that team, along with, uh, with he Tyron anchors Smith, their run game. Yeah, he 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 anchors the run game, but a lot of people just put him in the box of just being physical. He is very fundamentally sound. You look at his hand placement, you look at his steps, you look at his hat placement, talking about his helmet, man, play Mm -hmm. side versus backside. He's never out of position. Very, very fundamental. And when you talk about these top-tier guys, that's the thing that stands out the most. People just look at athletic ability or they look at nastiness and say, oh, that's why these guys are good. Just cut on tape of Zach Martin, cut on tape of DeCastro, cut on tape of some of these top two offensive linemen, and look at how every single play, their hands are hitting chest plate every time. You look Mm -hmm. at every single play, they're not giving away any tips pre-snap. You look at every single play, their footwork is phenomenal. They just don't beat themselves. And when you don't beat yourself and you're a smart player, on top of having athletic ability, that's when you get these type of players that – can do it for so long on top of that. I mean, with Zach Murray, he's 29 years old, a, yeah. year, longer than, a year younger than DeCastro. He's been doing it for a while mm-hmm. at an extremely high level, man. So, yeah, that, I think that's why we both had him at number two. It's hard to go wrong with that. But now, without Numero further Uno. ado, yeah, if anyone's listened to this show, they should have known who this was three weeks ago when we talked about who, yeah. who, who comes to offensive linemen, man. Quentin Nelson, man, the, the, the guard with the Indianapolis Colts, since he's coming to the league, man, He's Bro. been the best guard. I understand people say, what about Yonder? Dude, trust me. Quentin Nelson. He is a different he, he's on a, specimen. A, a whole nother level, man. Athletic ability, physicality, nastiness. He literally which, does it all, man. Real, just real quickly, which is why, too, uh, after the Colts game last year, yes. why you and I came in here and talked about Cam Hayward for two hours. Absolutely. Because you, you've never seen that happen to Quentin Nelson before, ever. Not at Notre Dame, not mm-hmm. in the National Football League. Cam, Cam definitely manhandled him. And, and, I mean, that was the reason why uh, Jacoby Brissett even got hurt was right? because of the the ability that he was the, – the movement that he was getting on a Quentin Nelson, like you said, which we have never seen. But that was really more and, of a tip of the cat to Cam where some yes. people, they and use that as a exa- knock on, I, on Quentin Nelson. We I'm like, saw that last year. It makes year. no sense. I'm sure there's probably some people thinking that now, that what do you mean, Quentin Nelson? I saw what Cam Hayward did to him. Okay. You're absolutely right. We, mm-hmm. Again, if you came in, if you listened to us the Monday after that game, we talked about Cam Hayward for almost two hours and that exact thing. And Minka Fitzpatrick and the performance he had yeah. as well, too. Go watch his other 15 games from yes. last year. All right, Everybody has a, a – and that wasn't even necessarily a bad game for him. No. Just Cam won that matchup right. on that day. Well, well, and this is my thing, right? 
why is it that if, if Cam Hayward does it, it's a knock? Exactly. But if Aaron Donald does it, it's, right. oh, well, no, that's just Aaron exactly. Donald. Put the, the respect on him. The other team's allowed to make plays, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Yeah. And they had, like, Cam Hayward hasn't been an all-pro before. Like, he hasn't been a pro bowler before. Like, he's not in line exactly. to make a big-time contract exactly. extension. Like, put respect on my man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that's that's so disrespectful to me, man. It, we got a lot of that last year. And like I said, I know – we have a lot of uh, just people who are NFL junkies that listen to SNR, mm-hmm. but we also have a lot of people that they're really just kind of concerned with the Steelers. Yes, very so, true. So, again, that might have been your only impression of Quentin Nelson. If it is, go to YouTube, go wherever, a couple minutes of watching him play, and yeah. you'll you'll be convinced. Just turn Absolutely, the tape on man. and you'll see. <laughs> Absolutely. So, just a quick recap, our top ten. I had Joe Thune coming in at number ten with the Patriots, at number nine, Ryan Kelly with the Colts, at number eight, Joe Batonio with the Browns, at number seven, I had Jason Kelsey, the other brother, with the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles, at number six, I had Rodney Hudson with the Las Vegas and then at number five, Marquise Pouncey with your Pittsburgh Steelers. Coming in at number four, Brandon Scherf. Scherf. With the Washington football team. And then at number three, I had David DeCastro, Mr. Double D with the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And then at number two, Zach Martin with the Dallas Cowboys. And then coming at number one, Quentin Nelson, Indianapolis Colts. I had number 10, Ryan Kelly, also of the Indianapolis Colts. Number 10, Jason Kelsey. And the number eight, Marquise Pouncey, the centers in Pennsylvania, the Keystones mm, of the I offensive see what you line did there. in the Keystone State. Number seven, Joe Thune. Number six, Joe Betonio. Number five, Rodney Hudson. Number four, same as Arthur Motes here from the rest of the way down, Brandon Scherf. Number three, Mr. Stanford, David DeCastro. Number two, Zach Martin. And number one, big Quentin Nelson. And then just to give you a little bit of a compare and contrast, we talked about how Jeremy Fowler constructed this list through various NFL executives and coaches and yes, things like that. 50 of them. Yes, indeed. So, Which is uh, less than the amount of push-ups I did, by the hey, way. Hey, hey, now. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah. Mr. Big Chest 2.0. It's Ronald. Oh, Mr. Ronald. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, for uh, for Jeremy Fowler's list that he acquired, at number 10, they have Marquise Pouncey. He had a high grade of five, a lowest ranking of off the ballot. Mm. Blasphemous. Blasphemous. At number nine, they had Ryan Kelly, high grade of eight, lowest ranking of off the ballot. Blasphemy. Oh, blasphemy. And then at number eight, they had Jason Kelsey with the Philadelphia Eagles. He had a high ranking of five, low ranking of 13. 13? That's <sighs> crazy. That's pretty low. Then for Joe Batonio, he come in at number seven. He had a high ranking of five, low ranking of off the ballot. What? Where are these people? Who, who, what's going on here, bro? There's Fifteen what's going better on here? guys than him. Because right, their ballot yes, point is 15, 15, fifteen deep. Yes. How sway? How make it make sense? I'll do that person's job yeah. for half the price of what they're getting paid right now. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. At number six, man, they had Rodney Hudson. Uh, he had a high ranking of six and a low ranking of off the ballot as well. Then for Joe Thune, they had him at five, and he had a high ranking of five, low ranking of 14. Coming at number four, they had my main man, Double D, double, uh, David DeCastro. He had a high ranking of three, a low ranking of 11. Then at number three, Brandon Scherf, Scherf. had a high ranking of two and a low ranking of five. Zach Martin comes in at number two. He has a high ranking of one, low ranking of four. And then coming in at number one, Quentin Nelson, who had a high ranking of one and a low ranking of three. And, wanna, you know, I was going to say real quick, man, <laughs> even with the uh, the low ranking of three for Quentin Nelson. Yeah, and they're low ranking of four for Zach Martin. The, what? The, the one thing, the, the, the way they end the little write-up on Quentin Nelson, uh, NFL defensive coach said, ever since I saw Cam Hayward whoop up oh, on him, here we go. I've never looked at him the same. 
Like what? Like what? what? Well, so because Randy Moss ran past Revis once, you never looked at Revis <laughs> like, the same. What? Like, I, I don't get it, man. What, what, because Ben Roethlisberger had a game where he threw five interceptions, you never looked at him the same. I don't get it, man. What? I don't. It's I crazy. mean, dude, Michael Jordan had bad games. No, no, no. AI crossed Jordan, so we can never look at Jordan the same. Yeah. Uh, uh, according <laughs> to that theory, AI crossed Jordan up, man. We can never look at him the same. Oh man, it's over. I mean, what? J- J- Jason Tatum dunked on LeBron James. We can dude. never look at LeBron the same now. Dude, I, just, I don't. Oh, Mike Trout struck out. I can never look at him. Can never same. look at him the same. Like that's nonsense, oh, wow. man. Like I can't I said, believe Max. I can't believe Max Scherzer gave up a home run. I can never look at him the same. This is my thing. If Cam Hayward was some rotational lineman, if if this was. It, it, no offense to Big Dan, right? But if Dan McCullers was the guy that dogged out Quentin Nelson for the whole yeah. game, okay, I, I, I can follow you somewhat on that. Cam Hayward's, excuse me, Cam Hayward's been a first-team All-Pro. Cam Hayward's been a Pro Bowler, perennial Pro Bowler. Cam Hayward has seen second and third contract. Cam Hayward was a first-round draft pick. What, what are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it, like, that's the part that, that just bothers me. Yeah. The disrespect towards Cam Hayward, man. Right, because you're <sighs> right. Because if it was Aaron Donald who whooped up on no him, one's saying it's just that. Aaron Donald. It, even if, even if it was Chris uh-huh. Jones to do it, or Cameron or, or Cameron Jordan to do it, nobody's saying those things about it. But when it's Cam Hayward, oh man, that's a slight on this guy. I just I, I can't follow that at all, man. Ah uh, man, you know, Moats, Mark Andre Fleury, he gave up six goals once. I mean, I've never uh, looked, I've never looked at him the same. Can't look at him the same, man. I mean, can't look at him the same. Get out of here with that logic. That's such. That's just that's a crock. You know who wrote that? Somebody lazy. Bill Polian. Oh. Because <laughs> it says NFL defensive coach, so who was it? You like that one, huh? <laughs> see, I thought it was going to be Sean Payton because he's very defensive when the corner uh, goes away. Uh, ah, <laughs> yes. See what I did there? <laughs> yeah. Quentin Nelson, number one. All right. And that, yeah, I, I, that, I look at that as a compliment to Cam Hayward, not Absolutely, a knock man. on Quentin Nelson. Absolutely. Jabronis. Without a doubt, man. Jabronis. Yep. So, with that being said, man, we're going to pay the bills real quick, man. Hour so, in the books? Yeah, man. Actually, no, two hours in the books, man. We're oh, going, wait, what am I Come doing? on, baby. Detail your work, man. We are going fun. into the third hour. So, once again, man, get your tweets in, man, at TheBody52. TheBody. At Wesley Euler. And this is still his blitz on SNR. Euler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Nothing like a little bit of give me that shelter coming into that third and final hour, the five o'clock hour bonus of the hour. show, baby. Who, who, come on, man. You got to have bonus hour. It's Friday. It's summertime. We got to mm. give you what you want, man. Mm. And that's what Stiddles Blitz is doing, man. Now, 
We've been talking about interior offensive linemen. We have. We've been talking about linemen all day today. Oh, so I felt like it's only right that we go get some Steelers audio, man. We had Matt Filer, who's now competing for the starting left guard yeah. spot. Goes right into what we're talking about today, man. He has some audio today. So we're going to let y'all hear him, man, and we'll react to that after that. Matt, when you think back to the Rams game last year, did you suspect then it, it might come to this in terms of what would be your long-term home? Um, you know, I, I mean, I was just told to play there and, and, uh, that's all I was thinking about at the time, but, uh, looking back at it, I can kind of see, um, maybe their thought process about it. And, um, you know, just, I just had to prepare for either left or right, um, during the off season. Gail Lolly. Gail, you there? You're unmuted on my end. She should be good to go. Oh, you muted. You might be having some speaker issues. I will get back to you in a little bit, Dale. Sorry about that. All right, Brian Backo. Hey, Matt. Uh, first off, congrats on the little one to you. Um, I guess um, Benny Snell was talking to us the other day and, and saying that so far what he's noticed from having Ben Roethlisberger back in camp, back healthy, he's able to, to change the pace of the game a bit more. Um, he's able to uh, make calls at the line a lot quicker. How much of that was an issue for the run game last year, and, and how different does it seem so far now with, with Ben back? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it was an issue. Um, you know, we just had a, a little bit of a younger and uh, less experienced quarterback in uh, when Ben was hurt. So um, those things come over time. Um, but, I mean, now that Ben's back and, um, you know, he's been in this offense for a while, so it's been um, kind of smooth sailing, uh, just getting back into the swing of things and, and – uh, yeah, it's been it's been fun to watch. Will Graves. Hey, Matt. I'm just sort of curious. You linemen are, are a tight group, yet obviously there's restrictions in place in terms of you know what you guys can do. I mean, how do you sort of try to replicate the, the chemistry, even some of the off-field stuff, when you have all this other stuff going on? Um, you know, I mean, like you said, we're a tight knit group. Uh, so when we're in the locker room and, and, um, you know, around each other, you know, it's just talking as if we're, you know, best of friends and all that. And, um, even, even on off the field stuff, we, don't, we might not be together as a group um, in person all the time, but we, we, we have group chats and stuff like that. We're always able to, uh, keep in uh, communication. Chris Adamski. Matt, um, what could you take me back to when you were at Bloomsburg? Was there a time when it, it, it were scouts, were coaches telling you, hey, you know, you could be a starting NFL lineman? Did you believe it? Was there a point where you did believe it even when you entered the draft process? Did you, you played your last game? Did you think you were done with your football career? Or did you really believe you'd end up being a, in the NFL? Um, so it probably was my junior year. I think my line coach came up to me uh, from Bloomsburg and kind of just started putting the idea in my head, like, hey, these scouts are starting to ask about you or, you know, um, 
you know, there's, there's people watching you. So just keep doing what you're doing and, and keep improving every day. And, um, I, you know, when I first heard him say it, I, it's kind of hard for me to believe it because, you know, it's a smaller school and, um, you know, you don't really think that many guys make it that, um, make it big. And, and, uh, so senior year came around and, um, I started seeing more scouts coming around. And, um, even, even through the draft process, I was still kind of, you know, I'm, I don't know if that's going to be me one day or what, but it was definitely a dream of mine. And, um, I'm, I'm glad it's turned out the way I wanted it to. Dale Lawley, let's try you again. Yeah, I'm on uh, Chris Adamski's computer. I don't know what's going on with that. But, uh, Matt, um, you've, you've played tackle in the league. You've started a bunch of games of tackle. You've, even, uh, you've played guard. Uh, you even did that a lot last year in training camp. And you've even played some center. Um, do you have a preference of a position where you'd like to play and maybe just find a home? Um, you know, I've always played tackle high school and college. So, um, you know, I felt probably most comfortable just – um, out of it at tackle, but um, the more reps I got at guard through the NFL process and um, and, and practicing in games, it's uh, I don't really have a preference. Um, it's just you know it's kind of getting used to one over the other. Jenna Harder. Hey Matt, we often always kind of hear about wanting to see the progression from guys jumping to year one to year two. Um, obviously, with guys kind of we talked to over the last couple of days, what have you seen from these guys now in their second year? Guys like Devin, Deontay, Benny, in terms of them making jumps. Um, you know, you kind of get a sense of they understand what um, what is expected of them and and what we expect from them and. Um, you know, they've, they've done some changes, made some changes to their bodies and, and um, their work ethic, and uh, they're coming back uh, healthy and ready to go. Tim Benz. Matt, uh, David DeCastro, when he spoke with us, uh, described you as having reported to camp, in his words, a bit more stocky and anchorish. Uh, that's how he described you as the move over to guard from tackle, I guess. Uh, is that true, and how did you accomplish that? And the, the second part to that would be um, if you have to move out to tackle again at some point, it's going to be difficult with the whatever body changes you did make. I really didn't do too much. Um, I only put a couple pounds on if, if uh, many. Um, so, I mean, if, if it were to be called upon for, for me to go to right tackle, which um, it, it wouldn't be an issue, but I, I have full confidence in Shooter Banner. Um, they'll, they'll, they're they're going to hold down the right tackle spot. Noah Strapping. Hey, Matt. Uh, sticking with Zach and Chooks, what have you seen from them so far? And, you know, is there a sense that they're a little more hungry this offseason? Um, they're, they're both doing a great job, you know. Um, you know, uh, it's been known that there's, there's going to be an open competition for that spot, and they're, they're both showing up and, and working hard. And, um, you know, just they're, they're, they're hungry for it, and it's what you want. Okay, last two questions. We're going to go Hugh Ringer. Hugh, you're unmuted over here. Can you hear me? Yes, now we can hear you. Okay. Hi, Matt. Uh, Matt, uh, you have always uh, worked very hard at your craft, and you've clearly established yourself 
as a quality tackle and certainly as a guard. But you are approaching your contract year. How much would you like to remain with the Steelers and how much do you think about the impending negotiations? Um, you know, it would be great to stay here. Um, I'm from Pennsylvania, so it's uh, closer to my family and uh, friends and stuff like that. So uh, I think my wife and I have, have started um, kind of this as our, our home. So, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to stay here. Uh, but, you know, with the, with the contract stuff coming up, I can't really focus on that right now. I just got to focus on the season at hand and, um, you know, just take it one game at a time. All right, last one for Alan Saunders. Hey, Matt, how much uh, you know, in this offseason uh, preparing for this, have you really uh, gone over the tape from that Rams game last year with a fine-tooth comb? And uh, what did that experience teach you or inform you about uh, what you have coming for you this season? Um, I just kind of looked at it and, and uh, it just kind of really focused on the differences between tackling and playing guard, you know, there's, there's more space as a tackle that you have to cover and, and with um, some shiftier guys. But I mean, like you mentioned, Aaron, Aaron Donald's, uh, you know, he's a great player and uh, shifty as well. So um, as a guard, you're going to kind of have to see both uh, the, the more power guys and then also the shifty guys. And, um, you know, that's just something I'm going to have to uh, continue to work on and, and get used to and get comfortable with. All right, guys, thank you so much. Thank you to Matt, and we will be back here with Surratt shortly. Once again, right there, that was uh, Steelers left guard Matt Filer. And just a quick reminder that Steelers training camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Man, I'm excited about Matt this year, though, man. Um, some of the things they were talking about right there with his uh, – body composition and things mm -hmm. like i feel like that's like you talked about when it comes to training camp body how do you look how much you weigh is always the hot thing but i do like the fact that uh when we're talking about matt his position flexibility he did say that from a weight standpoint what he's at right now is not going to affect him if he needed to move back out to right tackle so i was excited about that because that's one of the reasons why matt has lasted yeah. for so long is his position flexibility very similar to a guy like bj finney who who you know, alternate between guard and center. Matt Filer is a guy that can play out at tackle on the island, but still move into guard and still be an extremely good player. So I, I think, man, going into the season, I think it's going to be really a, a really good situation for him, man. You know, Motsi, one of the first things I remember uh, in summer 2018 when I came back to Pittsburgh, you know, took the job with iHeartRadio here, started working around the Steelers again back in my hometown, mm -hmm. came came across the Commonwealth with that expensive yes. with that expensive turnpike toll. Super expensive. Uh, from, from Philly back to my hometown, Pittsburgh. I remember going to my first I, – I, I think I've told you this before, but legitimately, for our listeners who haven't heard this, I moved from Philly back to Pittsburgh on July 26th. Mm -hmm. July 27th, I moved out to Latrobe for three weeks. So yeah. I literally, like, all my stuff was in my garage at my Correct. house. And my poor wife was, like, in a new city by herself for three weeks because we moved to Pittsburgh on July 26th. July 27th, I started my new job, and I reported to training camp. My first Mike Tomlin press conference at training camp, I remember just kind of being nervous. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was literally doing nothing. I was going to stand there and, and hold a hold, thing hold a to get sound. And I might ask one question. But, you know, I'm nervous. It's the first time I'm around the Pittsburgh media. And, you know, I'm looking and I'm seeing Dale Lolly and Mark Caballi and Mike Pursuta and Tim Benz. And yeah. 
I'm friends with those guys now, but I didn't know them at that time. They were the guys that I grew up listening to and reading, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden I'm standing next to him in a scrum with Mike Tomlin. I was a little nervous, right? And I remember that vividly. And I remember almost everything he talked about in that press conference because it was just such a moment. It was, I, it was the first time I really felt like part of the Pittsburgh media in mm. my life, right? Which was kind of one of my goals since I was in high school. Absolutely. He was talking about Matt Filer, and he said that one of the things that they love about guys is, right, you're only allowed so many hats on game day, mm-hmm. but you love it when you can really have guys who make it seem like you got a few extra roster spots, right? Yes, so indeed. So you might only be able to to have so many hats on game day, but with these six guys who can really play multiple positions, it's like you got an extra six guys on game day. And he talked about Filer in that regard, and we're seeing that. We saw that play out last year. We're seeing it play out now. Yeah, you hit on the head, man. Position flexibility is huge. Um, I mean, I'm a guy who benefited from that luxury as well, being able to play multiple spots. If you're not the alpha at your position, if you're not the guy that they're just like, hey, we we can't find this anywhere else. You're a one-off when we talk about your pouncies and your DeCastros. If you're not that type of guy or those type of guys – what else do you bring to the table to separate you from the field? What do you bring to the table to, to show your your value? You can't find this anywhere else. And, what, and, and the way you do that is by having the position flexibility, the, the capability to play and start at multiple positions, yep. the wherewithal and the, the overall mental capacity to understand the, the nuances of the tackle position versus the guard position, knowing the checks and what your assignment is and how that changes. And that's before we even talk about from a technique standpoint, just the difference of stance between a guard versus a tackle and those things associated with that. So with Matt Filer, man, he's done a great job throughout his career separating himself from the field. Even though he's not the biggest, he's not the fast, he's not the strongest or the most athletic, he possesses the positional flexibility. He possesses the mental fortitude to be able to bring that to the table. And that's why he's here. And that's why, I mean, he's in line to get a contract as well, man, after this season. So I just hope he can just continue this high play and continue. The, the way too. we saw him play at right tackle, I want him to be on that same level as an interior guard because he's still going to get paid nicely if he can do those things. He is. We've seen him have success at both positions, and and that's a good thing for the Steelers. And and hopefully, you know, Motsi, you're right. I I would like to see Matt Filer locked up going forward because again, I I think those type of guys are very valuable, and he's going to be even more valuable this year, Motsi. I, I think we know oh, this, right? A like doubt, man. you know, and I know. And we've talked a lot about this. NFL teams are going to have injuries this year mm-hmm. with the lack of the off season. It's just going to be a reality. You're going to need guys and like we've Fi- already been seeing that as well. Right You're going to need yeah. guys like Filer who, in a pinch, can move around. I mean, you know, like worst case scenario, doomsday scenario. Say there's a game where both Banner and Chooks pick up nothing serious, but right. minor injuries where they have to leave the game. Yeah, you, you move Filer back out to right tackle. Wiz slides in at left guard. You're good to go. That is going to be huge, I think, in a season like. I mean, even forget that. What if Banner and Chooks both test positive for COVID? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it doesn't, have to, thing, be right. like a, it doesn't have to be like a traditional injury. Absolutely, What, what if you got to put those guys on the COVID list? Then then all of a sudden, again, you've got that flexibility. You've got options. And with guys that you already have continuity with. Yes, indeed. That could that could end up being big this year. Yes, indeed, man. The, the, the versatility and the depth is critical. And the thing that I like, too, about these guys, man, when you look at a guy like Stefan uh, Wisniewski, mm-hmm. NFL experience, oh, Matt Filer, NFL Super Bowl experience. Champion, yeah. So you not only have the, the the players that have position flexibility, but they also have depth as well. And when we come back from the break, too, man, we're going to talk about some of these guys that already have contracts from a league-wide standpoint that you know, could be coming into a make-or-break season, mm. you know, in, in the 2020 year. Is there a uh, 
Is there, a, is there somebody on the list formerly of this parish? Uh, it could be a guy who likes to rap that goes by the name Juice. Mm. But Running back? You, you know, you have to come back after the break to find out, man. So this is Euler and Motes on SNR. Is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Yes, indeed. He's Euler. I'm Motes. And we are back in the final hour, man, getting ready to wrap it up. But just a quick reminder, our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers training camp report. <sighs> and it is time to talk about let's get into it some of these players that the nfl has listed so that just to give you context um see who wrote this article i'm not even sure oh bill barner espn staff writer <laughs> shout out to him he's been around for a while sounds like it <laughs> <laughs> but uh he compiled a list man a couple of names of guys uh bigger name guys who signed their Nice big contracts, but they either have little or no guarantee money left. And depending on how this 2020 season goes, they could be in potential danger in terms of either being released or asked to take a pay cut in the 2021 season. And the first name on this list, it make sure it's not in alphabetical order here. Mm-hmm. Give it a B, give it a D. All right, it look like it's alphabetical order. So without further ado, <sighs> formula of this parish. Oh, he used Juice to be a part Man. of this congregation. He raps, he balls, he does it all. Le'Veon Bell, mm, New York two, football Jets. <sighs> I don't think this is a big surprise to me. Um, we know him and Adam Gase, their relationship publicly mm-hmm. does not appear to be that good. We know that uh, Gase actually publicly said that he wasn't even high on L. Bell in terms yeah. of wanting him to be yeah. there. Obviously, the, the ring the, endorsement from your head coach. Yeah, especially in this first year of signing <laughs> a contract and getting there. Yeah. So that was an interesting start, man. But with L. Bell, he's supposed to get $11.5 million, uh next season, but none of that is guaranteed. He's already through the guaranteed portion of his contract, uh, including this season, excuse me. And we, like I said, man, just understanding him and Gates' relationship, understanding that L. Bell did have a down year, Last year, yeah, this is a make-or-break year for L. Bell if he wants to remain with the Jets, if he wants to remain on that nice contract without having to take a pay cut and things along that nature. Now, do I think he can do it? I had more confidence when the Jets' defense was full throttle with Jamal Adams and uh, C.J. Mosley hmm. because I knew that, all right, they're either going to be in closer games or they could potentially be in a lead depending on how well that defense is playing because with Sam Darnold, I think they're going to be – a lot better this year than they were last year yeah. because obviously Donald missed a good amount of time. But knowing that C.J. Mosley is uh, opting out for the year and mm-hmm. Jamal Adams is traded, mm-hmm. I just don't know how how they're going to be able to stop people consistently. And with that being the case, they're going to have to, they're going to be playing from behind a lot more times than not. They're playing from behind where this going to be one score or two scores. And for L. Bell, that doesn't really help his game. Because now it's going to make him more one-dimensional. You're not going to be able to have him, you know, as a running back, along with him being able to utilize his receiving capabilities and stuff like that. Because when you're trailing, you have to throw the ball a lot more. You have to abandon that balanced approach. And I think that's something that's going to be really prevalent with them this year because of the the losses on that defense. Yeah, I think it's a good call by you. Um, 
we talked about that on opt out day when that would have been what last week or two weeks ago yes. about how man if you look at the Jets roster now if they had all hands on deck and still had Jamal Adams you could see that team you know they could compete they could compete they could win Absolutely. eight games I mean yes. uh, definitely it, I mean they went they went seven and nine seven and nine last, last year. year that was without Darnold for a while what, five, I think Darnold was four or five four games. or five games yeah. yeah. Um. Now you're right. I mean, more of the onus. It's almost kind of flipped now that the offense is going to have to carry that team. Feel better about the offensive line. Yeah, I I feel good about Lev this year, though. I do. I, you know, all his unguaranteed or pardon me, I said that the wrong way. All of his guaranteed money mm-hmm. is up after this year. Yes. So he's still due eleven and a half million next year, but that's not guaranteed. The Jets could cut him mm-hmm. with no real ramifications. He, in a way, is kind of singing for his supper this year, right? Yeah. Um, I think with the offensive line getting better, I think Darnold with another year and hopefully 16 games. And you and I have talked about it. The defense is going to be a little bit shaky, man. They really need Quinnen Williams to step up in year number two. Mm -hmm. And we don't necessarily believe in the head coach and some of the things that they have in place there. But I do think Lev – I mean, last year, Moats, 3.2 yards per carry. I mean – that's nowhere close. That's not even in the same ballpark no as, as where we expect and where Lev has always been. I, I I expect him to have a bounce back season. I expect him to be much better this year. I don't know what that means for the Jets in the big picture, but for him, I I don't think we'll be sitting here looking back at another like man that was a really underwhelming season. Yeah, and I do agree with you on that. I think he will have a better year, but I'm still concerned because knowing him and Gase's relationship, which plays a huge role in this, hmm. understanding how his contract is set up. Now that the guaranteed money is gone, they brought in Frank Gore. I can easily see a scenario where Adam Gase tries to change the guard gracefully <laughs> and, and start seeing Frank Gore out there a hmm. lot more. Even though, I mean, at this stage in Frank Gore's career, he's nowhere near the same caliber player of a Le'Veon Bell. I just know with some of these coaches, in particular Adam Gase and how he's handled that roster, I, I don't know. I'm just not liking the situation at all. I'm just glad that L. Bill got the guaranteed money in the contract ahead of time. No rolling guarantees. No gentleman agreement. Because <laughs> of stuff like this, this is why as athletes, we're so big on guarantees. And, and no rolling guarantees. No, let me just trust you. Because of situations like this, yep. where you have a coach, where your GM that, that brought you in and signed you, Mike uh, McCannon, I think M- McCagnan, McCagnan, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Double How, M. He, he's the guy who brought you in and paid you, but then he was fired. So now you have new coach, new GM. They don't feel the same way about you, and now you're kind of stuck here. But because he got his guaranteed money that he fought so hard for and that people criticized him for however you want to look at it, he's covered now. And we're not saying that, oh, if he has a bad year, he's going to be out the league. No, we're just saying that he's not going to get the $11.5 million right. that was remaining on that particular deal. So it's going to be an interesting situation to follow, man. I just don't like the dynamic, though, between him and uh, Adam Gates. Yeah. I just feel like it's 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 not – I don't want to say toxic because we said toxic when we were talking about the Washington, Fran- the Washington football team, but it's just not the best – situation right now there's not a lot of uh it's not a two-way street correct there's not, not a lot of pleasantries between the not two. a lot of pleasantries not a lot of trust on that that uh that street either absolutely man so the uh, the next guy they list on this uh this list <laughs> the next guy they list on this <laughs> the I, was next guy they list on this I, list? I was like i didn't want to say list on list but it is what it is <laughs> it's a uh, lamarcus joiner man the db from the uh, las vegas and, man, I think this is an interesting scenario right here, man. Obviously, he started, you know, uh, I want to say he started in a – this is when they were in St. Louis. The Rams, I would say L.A. Rams, detail mm. your work. Started mm. when he was in St. Louis, man, obviously a second-round pick. And 
at times he has looked really good, man. He, he's lived up to the bill, but then at other times he's left you wanting a little bit more. Now, the deal that he has with the Raiders, uh, when he signed it, it was a four-year, $42 million deal, but he moved it. It moved him from free safety and moved him back to corner, and he struggled. So with that being the case, knowing that, hey, man, you still got, a, I think it's $10 million that he's due next year, you're not paying $10 million to a, to a corner or free safety that's struggling. I think they're talking about moving him back to free safety. But anytime you come to a team and they start moving you around back and forth, back yeah. and forth, is letting you know something. It's letting, letting you know that, number one, they don't feel that you're the guy at either position. So they're going to kind of, hey, all right, if this week it works better right here, all right, we'll use you there. Oh, you know what? Let's move you back over here. Mm-hmm. So with that being the case, man, for LaMarcus, if you want to get that $10 million that's still remaining on your deal – you're going to have to show them that, A, either you're a starting caliber free safety or a starting caliber corner, whichever position they have you at this yeah. year. You have to be the guy. You know what John Gruden, man. John Gruden, I mean, he's he's called him out for his tackling before as he well. Has. So you know when, when, when coaches start calling you all publicly. Not good. It's not a good situation, man. You you don't see Coach Tomlin calling out Big Ben for a bad game. Like, that's, that's not what you do if you really trust that player, if you really value that player. So understanding that that's what John Gruden has done so far with LaMarcus, it's time for LaMarcus to understand that, hey, if I want to get this money, I want to remain with uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, I have to produce. I have to make sure that my play matches the compensation that I'm receiving. Only 41 solo tackles last season. In 2017, he had three interceptions. 2018, one. Last year, none. Yeah, that's got to turn around for him, for sure. Without a doubt, man. So we'll see if he can get it, uh, get this thing going back to how it used to be for him. I mean, yeah. when he was obviously when he was with uh, Wade Phillips, man, he had a ton of success. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what this dynamic looks like for him. But as it stands right now, not very confident. Yeah, he's, he's another one singing yes. for his supper. Absolutely. Now I will say this: I think his situation is slightly better than uh, L. Bell's, just because his team with the the Vegas, the Las Vegas Raiders, I think right now are just a better roster yeah. because of the, the lack of opt-outs that they had compared to the opt-outs that the Jets had and along with the trade of Jamal Adams. I think I'd rather have their coaching staff as yes. well. And, and I was going to say with John Gruden, even though John Gruden called out LaMarcus, it was never in the same vein of Adam Gaze when he said, I did not want L. Bell. Right. That's it's a just, I just want you to be better. Right. Yeah. If, if I have to publicly call you out, that could be a motivational tactic. That could be him just simply saying that, hey, look, man, I've seen your lack of tackling ability. I've seen you struggle in this department. I need you to improve. If it takes public pressure, if it takes meeting pressure, I need you better in that regard. And that's like if if we want to get to where we're trying to go as a team, we need you. Correct. You know what I mean? As opposed to like Gase, whereas uh, He's like, we, I, didn't, I, didn't I don't really want, want you. He was like, I never wanted L. Bill. I didn't want him to sign. Yeah. I didn't want them to offer him that contract. That's night and day. Yeah. Borderline disrespectful. Yeah, wants it, and needs are different. <laughs> yes, indeed. So I think that's kind of how that whole dynamic got off to such a bad I agree. start. <sighs> now, third up on this list, man, got uh, Kawan Short, hmm. man. Now, D tackle with the Carolina Panthers. Now, this is the thing with Short. He's just been too inconsistent. I mean, it's been times where he's looked amazing, right? It's been times he's had double-digit sacks. He gets after the quarterback, and obviously he got the nice deal with a five-year, $80 million deal mm-hmm. in 2017. But then it's been times where he hasn't lived up nowhere near that. I understand that he's missed a good amount of time. Uh, last year he had yeah, what, 14 he only, games only he missed. only played two games last year. Yeah, missed a ton of games last year with the torn rotator cuff. But even before 19 and the 18 season, his productivity was down. We only had three sacks, seven QBs. That's not good enough. He was still a pro bowler in 18. It, yeah. But what we talk about – But for it, his standard, not good. Yes. I mean, if you look at his other pro bowl season, 15 – 
He had, mm-hmm. what, 11 sacks. And we talked about this, too. When it comes to Pro Bowl, a lot of times it's popularity. It's reputation. It's reputation. It's popularity. If, you've, if you're coming off of a double-digit sack season, most times, nine times out of ten, if nobody else has double digits or in the vicinity, they give it to the guy who was just there. And that's kind of what happened with him, man. But ultimately he has to improve. Now, I do say this, man. I think that his situation is going to be a lot better just because with Matt Rule, new coach, mm-hmm. there hasn't been any ill will publicly between those two guys. You have to think that with Matt Rule coming in, it's going to give you just new life, not the uh, – and no offense to Ron Rivera, but sometimes when you're at a place for so long, like sure. Ron Rivera was, things can become a little bit stale, a little bit uh, mundane and stuff like that. You, so You hear the same voice for a long time. Sometimes yes. you can tune it out. That's, Absolutely. That, that and we've seen that with nature. the pins numerous times as well, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, wrong, or indifferent. We've seen it, man. So <laughs> The head coach won nine straight playoff series, Motsi, and everyone's trying to run him out of town two it, years it, later. It's, it's crazy, right? <laughs> crazy. But with Matt Rule, I think, man, just hearing his opening press conference, knowing the excitement that he has and the energy that he brings, hopefully that can re-inspire Kawan Short because when Kawan is healthy and when he is inspired, mm. he can be dominant. Yeah. We've seen his double work. Double-digit sack We've seasons, seen his work, and that's man. not as an edge guy. Double-digit right. sack seasons guy. on the interior. Yeah. We've seen his work, man, so we understand what he is capable of. But the thing is this, man, when you understand that, hey, the team could save $14.5 million by releasing him, that puts a lot of pressure on you to show that you're worth more than that 14 and a half that they yes, can it save. Does. Sometimes when in a scenarios like this, you could be a good player, but your cap period or what you can what the team can save by releasing you, you have to almost double your value to make it worth that. And mm-hmm. that's my only concern with Kawan, knowing that he's coming off an injury. And especially when you're talking about a rotator cuff, that's the shoulders. Knowing as an interior defense alignment, that's your bread and butter. I mean, a lot of times the position that you're in from just a taking on a offense alignment standpoint is when you're rushing the passer, not so much. But when you're taking on these offense alignment in terms of run, uh, in terms of run game and things like that, you're in positions that put a lot of strain and stress on your shoulders, on your rotator cuffs in particular. So seeing how he recovers from that could ultimately dic- uh, could ultimately determine, yeah, you know how well he can be this year and going forward. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Good call by you, and looks like last but not least, we got another defensive lineman on this list. And it's a Watt brother. Oh. Not TJ, not Derek, though. The, the one OG. who the one who we're still trying to recruit to Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that guy, Mr. J.J. Watt. Now, we know with J.J., when he's been healthy, I mean, back-to-back defensive player of the year, I mean, his track record speaks for itself. But the problem is, as of lately – He's been injured a lot, and not just one or two games. We're talking double-digit amount of games missed multiple times. That is very tough to handle. It's a very difficult pill to swallow, along with the fact that he's coming into the last year of his deal next year in 2021, where he's scheduled to make $17.5 million. Now, we just saw this team with Bill O'Brien. The the I, we, call, <laughs> we call Bill Belichick the evil genius. This guy's the evil non-genius. <laughs> to keep it nice, I don't want to disrespect him like Maybe that. Maybe the crazy genius. You know, but... The Mad they, Hatter. They, they did trade away DeAndre Hopkins, and they talked about some of the contracts and how that could help them out. J.J. Watt is in a similar situation regardless of if they trade him or if they just release him because the $17.5 million that he's due, I mean, that's a lot of money it for is. a guy who hasn't been able to stay on field. Now, we know when he's on the field, <sighs> when he's on the field, he's the best of the best. We know this. The accolades speak for himself. His reputation speaks for itself. It, it, I mean, you talk about pass rushers in this era. It's him and it's Von Miller. But when it comes down to a cap hit of 17 and a half, I mean, not a cap hit, but when it comes to 17 and a half million dollars remaining on your contract for a per year standpoint, 
you have to be able to stay on the field yes. more than a handful of games. You have yes. to be on the field at least 13, 14 games, along with being dominant, along with being a very productive player. And unfortunately, we just haven't seen enough of it over these past couple of years with him. And they've been very unfortunate injuries, things that we didn't even think he would be able to come back from. You think about the knee injury that he sustained. But somehow, some way, J.J. Watt continues to stay motivated, continues to just rehab like a crazy man and get his way back out there, man. So hopefully this year he can – well, actually, I don't even know if we want that because that could hurt him in terms of him coming to Pittsburgh, just throwing it out there. So maybe it's he true. stays healthy, has a down year, they release him, we bring him to Pittsburgh, and now we got a monster interior D-line setup. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm not opposed to it. Um, We got to pay some bills here, but before we do that, the fact that the Texans – uh, in this upcoming NFL draft, they do not have a first or second rounder from the Tunsil trade. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go into this next NFL draft with a third rounder being their first pick. Mm-hmm. Does that make it harder to potentially cut bait with J.J. Watt knowing that you're not going to have – it's like you can't go out and find his replacement probably until you're picking in the, what, 70s, 80s, 90s? Yeah, I definitely think that does benefit him along with the fact because his contract has that much remaining on it it's going to be difficult to find a trade partner that's willing to take that. So it Hmm. might be a situation where you're looking to trade him, but the team that he's going to is going to sign him to an extension so that way they can lower the per-year average along with the cap hit that's associated with him. So that could be a play that that Bill O'Brien could try to, um, I guess, explore, but there's still no guarantee with that because when you know a guy has $17.5 million in that final year, you, you might just say, let's play chicken and wait till they cut him. But we also saw with Leonard Fournette, who's in a similar situation. We were saying where, that same thing. Yeah, we, people yeah, waited and it him. didn't you happen. Can sign him for free. Yeah, and, and we thought that was going to work, but he's still on the roster there. So it's going to be a, a, a very unique situation, something that we're definitely going to continue to monitor. But like you said, man, we got to pay these bills, baby. So with that being said, man, we are going to break. Last chance but to get those tweets you in. You got to get your tweets in. I was going to say, man, if you don't get your tweets in now, man, you you are doing yourself a disservice, all right? You got to hold so, your peace for like 70-some hours. I was than, about to say, because it's the weekend like after 70 that. 70-some hours. It's, it's too many hours for me to count. I'm with the jam. You. I'm not even going to get up here and just <laughs> throw my numbers out there, all right? But anywho, man, you know me. I'm Arthur Most, man. You can find me at the body 52 The body. And then Wesley Euler at Wesley Euler. So make sure you get your tweets in, man, or... Forever hold your peace till next Monday, baby, all right? And this is Steelers Blitz on SNR. My grandma and your grandma were sitting by the fire. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Yes, indeed. Y'all know what it is, man. Dixie Cups bumping. It only means one thing, baby. We are in the final segment, and it is time... To read off these tweets, because boy, 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 y'all have been active. <laughs> Seriously. Y'all have been big time active. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to we've my we've ever main. gotten in a show. Yeah, it's because you started the show off with the push-ups, man. I will say this. Uh, the, no, that's not true. The biggest interactive day we've still had was the day that they announced Ben Roethlisberger was out yes. for the season. And because we had it live on our show when it happened. So. Yeah, we kind of yeah. broke the news. I mean, the Steelers tweeted the news out like three minutes before we went on air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
This might be the second most tweets that we've ever gotten in a day, though, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, let's get right into it here. Uh, Richard wants to know, guys, is it true that the Steelers are having a scrimmage uh, on Pittsburgh TV tomorrow evening, or is somebody playing with my emotions? So I did want to stay, state uh, it's true, Motsi. The Steelers uh, break from their typical afternoon practice routine. They'll hit the field Saturday evening at Heinz Field. Variety of ways for Steelers Nation to watch, listen, and get involved. In addition to being able to watch the practice on Training Camp Live, presented by FedEx, right, on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, on Twitter, on all the Steelers' digital and social platforms, fans who live in the Pittsburgh market. So you got to live in Pittsburgh if you yeah. want to watch it on TV on the Pittsburgh CW. 7 o'clock, You said Wes is going to periscope it, though, if you don't? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be producing the show for DVE, so unfortunately, no. Bob Pompiani, Charlie Batch, Tunch Oaken, Missy Matthews bring you all the actions, and if you use the hashtag SteelersCamp, your comments might appear on the broadcast. And like I said, if you'd rather listen to the action or if you can't watch, if you're out of market or you, you'll be in a, a situation where you can't stream video on your phone or at home, uh, Steelers Nation Radio and on WDVE, uh, Mike Pursuta, Craig Wolfley hosting, I'm producing from 6 until 8 o'clock tomorrow. So some football on a Saturday night, Arthur Motes. Hey, man, can't go wrong with that. I'm excited about it. It's going to feel like a preseason game for me. I'm tuning in. I need football. Yeah, you and me both. Steelers. I'm tired of watching YouTube live streams of these guys practicing. <laughs> Steelers 480, our buddy in Phoenix, wants to know, true or false, the Steelers will have more wins than the Pirates this year. Oh, man. You know, Steelers 480, they, they, it they would better. be a lot funnier if it weren't true. Aye. Or maybe it wouldn't be as funny if it weren't true. Because right now the Pirates only have four wins. Mm. And I do believe, Arthur mm. Motes, that they are now a third of the way into the season. Mm-hmm. So that would put them on pace for only 12 wins. Listen, it's a, it's a down year for the Pirates. You know we're tanking. I mean? I mean, we're tanking for Tua. Not it's, Tua, but whoever the Tua yeah. is. I hear there's a really good pitcher from Vanderbilt. That's the guy. Got you. So that's who we're tanking for. And he goes by the name of uh, Jesus. Because <laughs> we need him to save us right now. Jesus and Nolan Ryan coming in on the mound. Uh, who else? Roger man. Clemens minus the right. juice. Oh, man. No, I need him with the juice. Pedro, Help us out, man. Randy Johnson. Get them all rolled into one. That's who we got coming in the draft, hopefully. Uh, Adam Crowley wants to know... Um, if he does more push-ups than me, what's the bet, Arthur Motes? Man, I personally think you should wash his car. I think you should wash his car, but you got to do it like you. You mm. remember, you remember in some of the movies, uh, man, where uh, I'm drawing a but like Dukes of Hazard, right? You got Daisy Duke. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Oh, here we a go. Stereo like that where you wash it. I'll even record it, man. You know, I'm great with the record game. You man. are. I got you on that, but you. I mean, it's not like we don't know where, where both of your cars are parked at. Mm. It's right downstairs. Mm. It's not uh, that so hard. I'm going to tweet Crowley back. I'm going to say, Moat says a car wash. I say a case of beer. Car, about, car wash, but you got to dress like Daisy Duke. <laughs> it's only right. I don't know if I, I'm going to have to cut some. I'm going to have to uh, cut some some jorts into shorts. Exactly. That's what I want, man. <laughs> for, for that one, <laughs> uh, a whole bunch of reaction to the push-up stuff. Uh, Brandon People really were coming at you, though, man. They were. Was Brandon was the one who guessed 77, and he said, "Hey, I just had high hopes for you." And make sure the body 52 knows he's one of my favorite players of all oh, time. Oh man, major respect, man. All love. Yeah, like I said, Joey Bag of Donuts said that it was CGI behind <laughs> me. <laughs> Straight green screen, man. We're going to make you look real extra buff. Your push-ups are doubled. I got you, man. (laughs) And Obi says, just jumped on the show this week. You guys crack me up. Good stuff. Good job with the push-ups. Fun side (laughs) bit. (laughs) 
That's what we're trying to do, Mutsy. We're just trying to have some fun always, but especially on a Friday, baby. Yes, indeed. It's Friday. It's summertime, man. We're in training camp right in the thick of it. So you got to do these type of things, man, to, you know, not only keep the listeners engaged, but keep us feeling good when we're in here. Because if we're not having fun, you're, it's gonna, having you're fun. gonna hear it, and you can hear that we're not enjoying ourselves. So we always try to make sure that we have a blast in here, man. We like to send you into the weekend with a laugh, with a hop, skip, and a jump in your step. And that's what we do. We'll turn things over here. Who better to carry out Friday night than Mike Pursuta, Dale Lolly? And Matt Williamson. They will have the training camp report for the next two hours. That'll do it for Moats and I today. We'll be back to talk the Yins on Monday. Mm-hmm. Same time as always, 3 o'clock. And you know where to find us on your 24-7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio.